All right. It looks like we are live. If not, it's good. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a good talk, anyways. Uh, Rich, you were just mentioning Berserk, and of course we have to we have to talk about the the passing of of the author, or I may say mangaka. Uh, tragic yeah. tragic thing happened there, didn't it? Yeah. Now rest in peace, Kentaro Miyazawa. Mm -hmm. Is there have you have you heard like anything maybe maybe like plans about the future of the series? I I, I seen like. Like YouTube thumbnails, people claiming that the series might be continued by his editors, or you know, might be finished because he sadly died before before the series could get finished, right? That's what I gleaned. Mm. I was watching some YouTube series the other day where there are people that will find the official tweets of the editing team and the studio, and from what the translations were saying, that they're in a standby phase of you know, we're we're going to figure things out and move forward from here. And the way people are interpreting it, that it stands a good chance they will continue the series mm -hmm. uh, even without Kentaro Miura. Are you, are you aware if he has, like, the ending already, if he had it written down somewhere, if he already had an ending in his mind? That I'm not sure of. Mm. I know it is confirmed Oda made, like, the Oda, the series creator of One Piece, mm -hmm. he has it with his team. To where if anything were to happen with them, he already explained how he wants the series to end so mm -hmm. his editors can continue on and finish the series no problem. And the, the fan base knows it too. He made that, I want to say, a very public thing. Whereas mm -hmm. this, I'm I'm not entirely sure myself. Mm -hmm. I've seen I've seen like a recent interview from Oda where he where he actually said you know it's like this crazy workaholic guy where he like spends he sleeps four hours every night and and he I think in in all of his life he took like one month of a of a holiday and except from that he's working on one piece all of the time and yeah it's it, it, he said in a recent interview that he was he's willing to die for his work and I I think yeah that's <laughs> it shows yeah yeah he he definitely drives himself onward the mm. when the mangaka they're dedicated to their work to that level. Mm. They, uh, they, whoo, that's some <laughs> next level dedication, which I, I'm always very respectful of anybody that performs their craft like that. Yeah, I mean, you can, you as a writer yourself, you know, it's, uh, I think that's, it's, uh, you even have a different perspective on that as well. Yeah, I, I like writing. I'm not going to kill myself over getting a book out, but mm -hmm. it's also a different release timeline where, I pretty much try to set a year to release books when it's my own. Now, granted, with this one in particular, right. like the fantasy series I started, I wanted the first trilogy done by this year, and I'm already, I want to say, 85% done with book two nice. and slating that for this month to release. And then book three, I'm aiming for a late autumn, early winter release then, so the whole trilogy is dropped by 2021. I was about to ask because uh, le not the last time we spoke because he briefly jumped in for the Game of Thrones episode. Uh, the first time we spoke, you, uh, Alex, you and I, on the uh, I think we talked about Lord of the Rings. And at the end, I was like, okay, what's what's new with the Metal Shogun? And you were you're telling me that I, I think your first book didn't even wasn't even released. I don't know, but yeah, you were telling me about this about this story about this uh, guy turning eighteen, going on this journey, and you know, like finding himself and learns stuff in this in this fantastic world and yeah I was, yes. I was, I was wondering how, how, how this was going because 
we we're going to talk about anime and all this stuff and focuses on attack on titan today but uh yeah it's, it kind of reminded me it's it's very much eastern storytelling that's going on in your story if i may say so you know like this very introspective perspective you have there yeah it i like to think it's balanced in the sense of you know you have someone that's going in the traditional hero's story mm-hmm. where they're setting out on a journey and they're going through the hero's arc uh, style, but I don't want it to be confined to just that alone mm-hmm. because there's going to be other people that share the book too. And the way I am is I like to create characters that people can relate to, mm-hmm. that they feel human. They don't feel, oh, he's written just for the sake of the plot alone, but can be a standalone character if need be without getting overtly. I guess spotlight shifted on those characters. I do my best to make sure that the main characters keep the center spotlight at all times mm-hmm. when when can and juggle the balance between the two. I know you said that you want to maintain like a like a good balance, but if you had to choose between character and story, which one which one would you choose? I know it's a it's a tough question. This I'd say by a hair the story because the story mm-hmm. should matter and be significant but i a character's is close second because the characters if well written they drive the plot and when the right. characters drive the plot it's better than the plot having to carry the characters so it it's finding that synergistic balance and it's delicate and some people do well to where they have an incredible story the characters may not be all that interesting but because of the tale they're spun up in is terrific I I approach with the world build style Mm -hmm. of have a really good character and a a cast around them and don't let the story suffer, but let them organically build it into a tale, which is terrific. You have just a general outline and these are their goals, their motivations and what they call it, the matrix of behaviors where Mm -hmm. they, they will act in character. There are certain things as a reaction that make them act out of character. That's not aligned with their traits and, with all those things in play, let them spin the tale themselves. And to me, that it just keeps the story fresh. Mm-hmm. I would agree. It's, you know, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind when we talk about stuff like that is, I know we, we want to talk about anime, but the first thing that comes to my mind is the Harry Potter series, which has like great world building and okay, you could, you could say great story, but, but the main character is like very generic, very exchangeable. There's like nothing special about him, no like character traits, you know. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I find myself asking, "What, what if, you know, what could have been if?" Uh, yeah, he would get a little bit more of an edge, or uh, stuff like that. It would be way more interesting. Yeah, it's like the fan base. They usually joke that Hermione was the real hero. Because mm-hmm. she was a more standout character than Harry at Absolutely, times. Absolutely, yeah. Harry did feel, I wouldn't say overtly bland, but he just didn't feel significant. Like, oh, Harry, you're the chosen one. Use magic. And that's pretty yeah. much what it revolved around. Yeah. If you actually look at Harry, as someone who grew up on the books, I wouldn't say like I'm a super diehard fan of the series, but mm-hmm. I did enjoy them growing up. And looking back in retrospect, you realize he wasn't all that shook up to be. He was just the kid that, oh, my parents were significant. I received the scar against the, the Dark Lord. Mm. And I, I I pretty much carry the title of a survivor. And <laughs> I'm okay at magic. I have an excellent Patronus spell. 
That's really about it. He actually wasn't that capable of a wizard in terms of looking at like Hermione or some of the other people. It's, it's really something that I have to agree with you because I grew up with the books as well. I was actually standing there on the, on the, at the bookstores at around midnight to, I think it was the fifth book, the, the Order of the Phoenix, where there was like this three-year time skip, uh, time span between the books. And, and I was waiting there like patiently <laughs> to, to, to get the new book. And maybe I was a diehard fan back in the days, but it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a series that has aged badly in my opinion you you were mentioning hermione uh this is a character we, we say okay describe her to me i can instantly say yeah this nerdy nerdy girl maybe you know a little bit like 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 maybe too smart for her age or something like that not not uh, in a disrespectful way but i instinctively know what kind of character she is but when it comes to harry and say okay describe uh describing to you to me in one sentence difficult yeah. one yeah it is. It's just like uh, pro tag. Yeah. <laughs> same. Same goes for the villain of the series, actually, because uh, I think in the book it's a little bit more explored. But um, yeah, the the villain and his motivations are also pretty pretty vanilla. Yeah, I, the films I feel like help elucidate on that some. I mean. Mm. You understand that he's trying to rise to power, and, you know, power's a good motivator, but it was almost to the point of, oh, how to describe it? Like, generic villain power mm -hmm. grab, not, well, I want power, uh, you know, to further my own gains, like my own assets to maybe benefit someone, because yeah. sometimes villains act out, I, I need the power to be able to help my loved ones and their their intentions may be good but the way they go about it is villainous because they have no qualms about how they get it with no morality mm -hmm. and that you can understand that better but for him he's like i just want the power and you get inklings into <laughs> okay he was some nerdy kid back then that just wanted to live forever but it just you don't feel all that at least i didn't feel that connected i know the fan base would probably have a, a shit show with my opinions, but that's okay. Everyone yeah. has opinions, so. Yeah, you're here on the on the right channel for that. We, uh, <laughs> a, a, speaking of that, I mean, uh, people maybe see that so someone is missing today. Uh, our main host, Alex, is is having a break. He he's on vacation. Uh, <laughs> he escaped from the Red Smoke podcast. No, seriously, there was there was too much cringe in the last couple of episodes. Uh, <laughs> you if you have catched up by any chance is there you know we talked about friends and and twilight and, and fifth shades of gray we we're really really going deep oh, into God. the rabbit hole is there oh, oh man yeah, there's, there's like there's like no no surprise that, that alex has escaped you know it's like <laughs> where, where are you man i'm <laughs> doing this podcast on my own <laughs> is there is there any movie and i'm talking i'm talking like shit uh <laughs> alex and i coined it shit flicks but i'm talking ch uh, chick chick flicks and stuff like that well, you would say, yeah, I've seen that. Stay away from it. <laughs> oh, man. I I generally try to avoid most of those mm -hmm. when I was younger. There were a few I got roped into that, you know, they said, oh, it's just an overall good movie. And the internet wasn't very prominent when I was in middle and high school. Right. If anything, it was still just coming into its own. And so you don't know these things. You don't get access to critics and... You don't get YouTube. Like, YouTube didn't happen with a lot of those that came out. So I got suckered into watching The Notebook. 
And ooh, ooh, my respect. Oh my, my God. I was like, <laughs> this this is terrible. This mm-hmm. this is repugnant. Why why did I watch this? And they're like, no, it's a really good movie and you know, it's like I almost got famoosed into watching it because yeah. I was asking what kind of movie it was. I didn't I didn't know shit about it. Except it was about, oh, you know, it's a dude that uh, he he builds a house for this girl and whatnot, and I went, okay, house build's pretty cool. I mean, that's it's pretty. But I was like, oh no, no, no! Like, I, yeah, don't watch it. Don't fucking watch it. Yeah, it's a. I I can see what you're saying because, like, from a from a technical standpoint, it's actually a very beautiful movie. It's it's like it it looks beautiful. It looks nice. It's uh, my God, yeah, Ryan, Ryan Gosling and then Rachel McAdams, a good, good on-screen couple, I would say. They, they, they make it, they make it. Yeah. Good. But, but yeah, the, the story. I mean, it's, it's the generic uh, chick flick, definitely. It's like uh, it it's without like the Bible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, very, also very generic. You know, it's a, it's like, it's like you have, you have a story where there's, a, there's like no substance. We, we had this talk with Alex last week where we talked about Friends. You know, the series, and everybody, of course, has seen or at least heard from Friends in some way. And the, there was this huge reunion thing last week. Don't ask me why, <laughs> but they kind of did it. And yeah, it's, it, it, we talked about how much, how much value you can actually get out of this you know, sitcoms and generic uh, chick flicks and romance movies. And yeah, apart from like one or two hours of entertainment, there's nothing really that, that stays with you afterwards. You have like, you have like a few good laughs and you're entertained for a little bit. You don't feel lonely for a little bit, but afterwards, uh, what is it that really, really sticks with you? You know, is there something that inspires you? Out of most, like rom-coms and stuff nowadays i'd say no Mm. back in the day you know my mindset's definitely different to where it was back then Mm -hmm. so i was able to enjoy those at a more face value but when you actually revisit to dissect them for anything of substance and value there's not much there it's mostly written to people that they wish their lives were almost like that and it's something relatable for them because a lot of them are people that live everyday lives too it's just they go through some formulaic thing to where oh i want to be with this person never mind and it almost goes like on and off like uh how i met your mother is probably one of the most prominent because that's a series i watched all the way through Mm -hmm. and initially i appreciated the continuity and how much they were sticklers for that because some Mm -hmm. some shows broke a little bit of continuity here and there and i just like to see how consistent with like a a show or like a series self-contained lore holds up and that's one thing that they were pretty good with but in hindsight i'm like oh my god this dude did not let go of a girl for like several seasons <laughs> what why move on she wants to just do her own thing with her life and be strong and independent right bro this ain't it man just focus on yourself yeah it's also i also don't like the the fact that he's basically being rewarded for being who he is you know I mean, of course, it wouldn't it wouldn't fit the tone of the whole show, but it would be more. There, there are certain scenes where I say, yeah, this this series is actually pretty realistic. Very nice. Also, the ending, I really like the ending. But the fact that he's being kind of rewarded constantly for his for the way he acts, that's not a nice thing to do. I gotta say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Ugh. Then that's sadly the direction of how just most rom-coms and mm. sitcoms go nowadays. It's just something bland and generic that usually within the first few seasons actually has something with the plot going for it. And then right. by season three and onward, it, that's where you could tell the writers go, okay, we've established our formula. We know what keeps the people coming. We either just let go of the reins and we, we slack on purpose or we lose sight of what we were trying to accomplish and just let it go. I mean, there are classics like Seinfeld yep. and Cheers that that were good. And they're they're timeless because they're they were innovative for their time. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of characters that you could uh, appreciate, like uh, George Costanza's character in Seinfeld. The dude's a pretty abrasive and, and get-to-it kind of guy, so he's <laughs> he's actually pretty pretty good you want a champion for. Most people are like, oh, he's he's too rough around the edges, but, you know, he's, he's endearing in that way. But yeah. I, I'm always a person that I like characters that they actually have a sense of direction and purpose, and they want to do things in any any series and it's usually characters that aren't very either well liked or they're not highly charismatic mm-hmm. i agree with that a, a thing that comes to my mind is it, it was actually something that i watched as a kid and i laughed about it and now i'm a grown-up and and i say i didn't even get the jokes and i'm talking about married with the children i don't know if you if you know it Yes, yeah, like the L Bundy stuff, right? And <laughs> I used to watch it as a kid, and dude, this is like humor I I couldn't possibly get back in the days. But but for some reason, I laughed about, I laughed my ass off about the stuff. <laughs> I don't really get why. It's crazy, man. It was probably Al's delivery of it because mm. I watched it as a kid too, and some of the jokes went over my head. But you, I, that's ah, oh, the guy who played Al Bundy. Yeah, Ed O'Neill. Yeah. Yeah, he did a fantastic job mm-hmm. of the character because if he didn't understand the dialogue, he still delivered it in a way to where it was yes. funny. Because you just watch his expressions and his yes. tonality, and you could just appreciate it. And mm-hmm. to me, that's pretty that's pretty skillful if you can deliver on multiple levels. And that I, that's what an actor's doing when they do their job is you're going to feel something whether you get it from the words or you get it from the the delivery. And right. he, he did just that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, yeah, you know. If, uh, also, the humor in this in the series was uh, top notch, on point every time. And you're like, yeah, of course, it's not some kind of character you should you should look at and say, yeah, I want to live like him. It's a it's a pretty it's a pretty terrible life he lives. Actually, it's like he's a yeah born loser and stuff. Like that. But uh, yeah. it's a little bit the question: what what do what do you and I want from entertainment? It's it's of course something everyone has to to answer for itself for himself. Um, it's it's really hard, you know. Of course, I'm not talking about sitcoms and stuff like that, where it's you know really like like stuff like El Bundy, How I Met Your Mother, and all this stuff. It's it's sitcoms. It's temporary uh, entertainment. Where it's shut down for like like half an hour or an hour, just watch and have a good laugh, and that's it. The question is what, what I really want from entertainment. I would say it's like quality, intelligence, you know, when you're... Maybe I'm the only one, but but I'm always like comparing myself to characters in media and entertainment, you know. We're going to talk about Attack on Titan later. And <laughs> when, I, when I think about this series, it makes me ask this question in a good way. Uh, thinking about those characters, what they have been through. And then comparing my own situation, it's it's powerful, you know, it's it's compared to some bullshit Hollywood stuff where some character says, "Well, I kind of sort of depressed now." Yeah, fuck off. Man. It's you know, 
that's actually it's yeah. actually that, that's a question do, do you sometimes compare yourself to to characters as well when you when you watch a series like like whatever series it might be yes i i either find one that i relate to mm. or I, i find one to compare myself to because i don't i don't watch a lot nowadays there's right. just it's so vapid of any substance or things that i care for mm-hmm. and god doesn't it sound so arrogant of me but i i don't care that I find myself more entertaining than most entertainment mediums out there. So yeah. I, I'm very happy with living my life and, and going to do things mm-hmm. and get genuine thrill out of it instead of watching other people do it and get paid to do it, which I respect. You know, oh, you show up to make a show and get a paycheck. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But the flip side of that is the you know the celebrities or the actors that, well, my life's so hard. I have to show mm. up and I have to make it. Like, that's your job and you get paid very well to do it. You're, you're making a show. Really, it, I understand it's not to say that the work can't be hard, but you, you're just weak. You need to stop. Like, just yeah. be happy with, I don't know, the 12K you're earning per episode and just all the other cool things and putting yourself into the entertainment world where being well connected you can get into other projects and things and your people have eyes on you yeah. like this don't don't bitch it it's not hard i'd rather i'd rather be doing that than doing you know like what like construction or, or uh other forms of work like labor and the like because it's hourly and you you make less i can make more entertaining people and you wouldn't hear me bitch one bit well maybe except about the people I'm working around it's yeah. like they're super me or whatnot i'm just the kind of person i want to get in get the job done and get out and it's just super hard i have to be on set and <laughs> put in these long hours okay there's far worse things you could be putting in long hours for sure. so to to digress back to the original question yeah there there's certain series and characters that i do either compare myself to or mm-hmm. i like to find myself relatable to yeah it's it's like it's like the I have this thirst for being able to identify with someone in 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 media. Of course, it's a, a good writer can can make you empathize with even a villain, you know, which which Attack on Titan does brilliantly. But um, yeah, it's it's also like it's also like the question. Yeah, this person inspires me because it's. I think it's easier to like watch, uh, for example, like a. Uh, like for for example, we watch like El Bundy. We, we watch this Married with Children stuff, and it's it's easy to watch. It's nice to watch because we can compare ourselves to a person that um, <laughs> how do I put this right? Um, a person who, who is definitely below us, so we can look at him and we can say, yeah, uh, we can feel better about ourselves now. You know, like this temporary relief of our own mediocre life. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I just seeing characters like that, you just look and you either cringe or you're just right. Oh, I am so glad I'm not that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the question is, is that all I want from from entertainment? You know, that's of course, uh, like people might get the impression that because Attack on Titan is a very, I would say, serious show. It's very, it's it's also very gory and very, uh, you know. Like deals with very deep philosophical questions and all that. So many people say, okay, okay, it t- it taking life too seriously and stuff like that. Of course, you you have to <laughs> have to have a little bit of relief from time to time, a bit of com- comedic relief. But of course, that's not what life uh, all is all about. And I cannot I cannot feed myself with 
comedy and mediocre stuff only you know sometimes i like to i like to cringe then i like to watch bullshit and and sit here with alex and, and talk talk shit about like stuff like twilight and all this stuff but uh of course that's not what really feeds me you know and yeah i i found myself needing stuff like this needing stories like this uh when it comes to entertainment oh yeah i'm same way it provides a story that it shows the human struggle mm-hmm. against a force that outpowers them and a desperate fight for survival, which is something that people can usually tap into pretty well and get drawn into because mm-hmm. survival is an insanely primal and base instinct right. alone for humans. And the fact that they're struggling against just powerful odds, it's a tale of like an underdog trying to rise up against a superior power it's mm-hmm. one of people at their last bastion of hope trying to make something better for themselves and mm-hmm. it's at its best it's it's struggle it's struggle and people that in enjoy and relate to getting better and making something better you are going to struggle and for people like you and myself we know that firsthand and we abide to that the road of self-betterment demands struggle, demands sweat, it demands blood. Mm-hmm. And this show is no different from that in the sense of them having to do what they have to do against Titans. Right. right. It's, yeah, it's, of course, people say, yeah, try, try to empathize with. Of course, we, we don't live in a world where we're, we're faced with stuff like that. But it's, I think it's part of the genius of this whole series that, that, that makes us... Um, you know, that makes us take the the values we learn there, and we can we can actually project it onto our own lives, onto our own daily lives. You know, it's it's so it's so brilliantly done. I don't even know where to start, yeah. man. It's it's simply genius. Uh, and b- b- before we dig in, like uh, you know, Alex was giving me permission to take over the stream, do whatever I want. So, so I called you, Rich. <laughs> So, so basically, kidnapping the Red Smoke podcast, they fanboying about several animes, and yeah, one in particular, the the Attack on Titan one. But before we start, uh, um, you tagged in the right guy, so absolutely. Alex can enjoy his vacation and recharge <laughs> and refresh. We'll we'll gear it back to some some good content. Absolutely, I, I still hope I, I still hope we can uh, I can make him watch it. Maybe maybe we can maybe the stream will convince him. However, if we yeah, however, there's there's gonna be a few spoilers up until uh, season four, episode sixteen. So if you're an anime watcher and if you're up to date, um, this uh, this is a safe stream for you. Uh, we're not gonna di- dig into the ending yet. I haven't seen it yet. And yeah, call me crazy for doing a stream on Attack on Titan. Well, I haven't seen the ending yet, but uh, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna talk about this later. First of all, I would, I'd like to know, Rich, uh, I think we talked about this last week after the show, uh, last time after we had our last show, but I want to ask you again, how, how did it all start for you, man? Did you, like, grow up with with anime in general, you know, as a, as a child? I did. I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie. The earliest series I used to see, because back then we didn't have cable until a certain point in my life, right. and that was pretty much the way to get access to it, and... They they would show like the the usuals like Sailor Moon and 
mm. Pokemon and all them. And that, that's like everybody's entry point. And then when Dragon Ball Z hit the states, of course everybody was in it. I know I was because I was in Taekwondo at the time, and right. I was like, oh my god, there's a whole bunch of people fighting one another, <laughs> and they can use energy blasts and shit. Yeah. Like it, it had me hooked. And so they were the gateway. And then when Adult Swim dropped, it was a very anime focused thing before it came what it is mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. and that's where i got into series like yu yu hawk show and cowboy bebop which is an absolute classic and masterpiece right and from there i was like i, I really like this because the storytelling it's different than most cartoons here and the art style and the music and i appreciate it as an art form and it wasn't like the they weren't pulling like the trash lolly or uh what are the other genres that the the usual cookie cutter stuff now like oh i'm some loser that's stuck in a game and now all of a sudden i've mm-hmm. got anime waifus all over me that's like just a dime a dozen right it, they were you know just cool stories about like the paranormal or like sci-fi and it was it was breathtaking and new to me so that's really where it got cemented for me and then once the internet became more prominent obviously people had more access to different series and just as time went on, I would I would look for new series to get into that were really well. Uh, around 2008, I think there was a cable channel that streamed, oh, not streamed, but showed anime. There's one in particular called Basilisk I really got into. Mm-hmm. And it was like Romeo and Juliet, but set as two different ninja clans that had to face off against one another. Mm-hmm. And it was really well written and well done. And... The abilities were were pretty cool, and it was actually a book that was written by an author, I want to say 50 years before it was ever made into an anime series. Okay. So that, that made it even more interesting. Absolutely, it's, uh, especially since since we have this manga culture in, in Japan. There's like not, not much novels, uh, or what they call it over there, light novels. It's... It's really like this this fascinating culture over there that also, I mean, there there has to be a reason why uh, I, t- I take Alex as an example here, because he's not like really, um, oh, life math money is on uh, online. Yo, back to you, brother. <laughs> Thank you for your comment. Hey, <laughs> if you if you if you want to drop in, uh, yeah, come on come on Discord. You can you can join us. Um, yeah, what I was about to say. Yeah, when it comes to Alex, for example, when we talk about anime and stuff, it's um, it, it has this. May I say this image that you know? Of course, many people are like, "Oh no, I'm not gonna watch this stupid stuff." You know, it's really hard to 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 get into anime because, as for me, when I was like, um, I think I think I started when I was 23, 24. I, I'm a really late starter when it comes to anime. I started as a as a adult, not as a you know. How do I, and I put this as uh like like most people that watch like Dragon Ball and Pokemon as a kid. I I didn't. I started like at 23, 24. It was Death Note, the the anime that got me hooked, and uh, introduced me to the, to this whole storytelling stuff. But yeah, it's it's this image about anime that still many people think it's like stupid, you know. As as this, it has some some sort of this stupid comments and all this stuff. Um, what would you say about the the image? Uh, would you say the image of anime is damaged in the West? Because I because I think series like uh, Attack on Titan, 
make it a bit more easier for Western audiences to get, to get introduced to, to this whole thing. Yeah, I would say that Westerners can put a bad spin on it because over here is where we got a lot of what we call the weebs. Mm-hmm. And they they can or cannot make or break the culture. I, I've been to a few conventions before to... Well, you see people in two camps. You have the ones that are well-adjusted, and they're generally there because they enjoy series. And they right. want to meet other people and enjoy the series, too. And then you've got the other side, like the degenerates and the ones that are just super awkward and creepy. Mm-hmm. And just make the experience not fun for everybody else. So... It's almost like there's a internal war, and the the ones that are well adjusted are usually like, ah, oh, yes. As as for being a weeb, there are other mm. weebs that like mess it up for everybody. So yeah. it's kind of it's kind of self acknowledged <laughs> in the the community, but they can indeed mess it up for other people and you know put a bad image on it. And there's also far more series now that just aren't as good, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. To where others are like, no, I love this series because it's, again, you know, refer to insert generic, oh, dude goes get waifu, super awkward, which, again, they found something relatable. That's fine. Right. But it's more, I, I, I guess, generic or cookie cutter storytelling. It's not as shined as back then you had series that were genuinely communicating a good story and usually had... Uh, terrific things going on for it and it's not to say they didn't exist back then but things were more prominent like fist of the north star Mm -hmm. and uh gundam and just all these series that they they told a genuine story that were new and breathtaking at the times and incorporated less elements i guess of like fan service and the like but i think it's just also natural evolution over time of series trying to cater to fans because fan tastes have changed since then where back in the 80s storytelling of like post-apocalyptic things or, or sci-fi and mecha or fantasy those mm-hmm. were those were the things of the time that's what the fans wanted and the series creators were like we're gonna write these stories and and go with them i think you're especially referring to ghost and shell and akira and all this stuff right Yes. That's like a sci-fi tech, uh, neo-noir, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's, uh, that's where anime movies at least peaked, in my opinion. It's yeah, really... there, there's, there's a lot out there that... There, there still are good series out there, too. Not to say that a lot of modern stuff comes out. Like, Attack on Titan's terrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously you have your shonen trio of, like, Bleach, Naruto, and One Piece that people usually hopped on. Yep when those came out and those are the ones that like hit a, a generational I guess bridge because mm-hmm. people like myself when I was younger those series started and I was at least old enough to get into them and then you have younger kids that look back onto them because they were staples right especially I think uh, One Piece is the, the perfect example because of how many years is this stuff uh, going already you know it's so uh, we had this the last time we talked, I think there was the time when the thousandth chapter was was released, and oh my god, man, it's yeah. uh, obviously obviously there are generations clashing, and it's it's a beautiful thing, actually, it's a beautiful thing. It's it's not so beautiful for me because I don't have the time to catch up, man. I, I was I was I was I started once, and I and I and I say okay, I'm gonna stop somewhere around the the Arlong 
uh, plot uh, is pretty much in the beginning. So I, uh, yeah, there's there's no chance for me to to catch it all up. But it's it's a beautiful thing, man, that the people. Uh, started like 15 20 years ago watching this stuff and uh, there are people starting up with this now and it's yeah they meet in the middle somewhere yeah yeah it's it's a terrific series i can't praise that series mm -hmm. enough i will always stand by it mm -hmm. definitely well would be like a favorite enemy would you say would you say uh one piece let's do some takes what's like what's like your favorite enemy as as nerdy as this question sound i mean it's pretty up there in terms of I guess like a, a shorter series, mm. uh, probably Cowboy Bebop, because I'll mm -hmm. watch that every year just okay. to keep appreciating it as an art form. Mm -hmm. And I always find something different out of it each time I watch it. Mm -hmm. And it's set apart differently than most series in the fact that it's more music and visually driven than dialogue. It has less dialogue than most series. And even when the dialogue's delivered, it's so well done and on point. It, mm -hmm. I think the genius is in the succinctness of the dialogue of the characters. And it can it can be goofy because it has goofy episodes. It has right. a lot of hard-hitting episodes for when a character has to face their past again, which is a recurring theme of them having to face down their past issues or people they've dealt with and who they are as characters. Mm -hmm. they, they feel... And move like real characters beyond just, oh, they're written out to act like this. Right. They they have genuine reactions to their situations. They change after usually confronting their backstory. And just the way they just the way everything is well done, written and delivered, it, it exists as something beyond like an anime. I mean, it's just like a, a storytelling medium at its best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh yeah, that's a bit the question. Is um, would you say would you say you've you know you mentioned you mentioned dialogue and all this stuff, and that that's also a thing where I'm like, okay, that's that's where I can understand why people drop out of anime or why they think, okay, I'm not gonna watch it because this it's sometimes so exposition heavy. It's it's to a degree where it's cringe. You know when yes. it, you know when when you when you when the, when the series started. I, I was watching The Promised Neverland. I don't know if you know it by any chance. Oh, and that I like. That was a good one. I enjoyed that. Oh, did you watch the uh, second season? I have not watched the second oh, season. Oh, don't yet. don't watch don't watch it. It's uh, it's uh, I think the greatest disappointment I ever I ever witnessed. Oh, really? Uh, I, I don't want I don't want to be a bummer, but uh yeah. Sad. Dang it. It, it started off so well and I I'm, I was watching the first episode uh, a lot of times because it's like a it's like a nice way for for me to to learn about like storytelling and all this stuff. But the way the story starts is you have like those three kids, they, they're living there um, <laughs> as orphans in this orphanage. And the series kicks off like in the first 30 seconds, the the main female character, her name is Emma, and <laughs> she says, hmm, we've been in for this in this orphanage for like 10 years now. You know, n no one talks like that. You know, it's just like to convey information. And uh, th that's a little bit of a point where I say, yeah, anyway, it's a little bit too... Uh, yeah, exposition heavily oriented, I would say. Yes, and uh, that's a thing that even I struggle as a writer to try to not do. Mm -hmm. a, a good exposition is to have, like, you have a main character, mm. and either let other characters around them speak on something, or let the situation 
provide the exposition without mm-hmm. going too too heavy. There are times for heavy exposition, and it's usually within a backstory, but most of the time, I I try not to get too exposition heavy, and mm-hmm. I like to what I call lore drop to where every I guess like next chapter or a book something new about a character or, or a situation or a place I'll I'll drop more information on so it has a gradual build up while keeping right. the new things going as well yeah that's where that's why I see that anime struggles and and I always have the feeling they could do better but I think to it, it's almost like every time I, I listen to something like that it feels as if they are the, the writers of of the series are doubting my intelligence you know they're like insulting my intelligence saying stuff like that you know but i can also understand that they want to they want to reach the the biggest possible audience and i think the the industry over there is is very yeah you have this pilot episode for example of the promised neverland and it has to deliver and people watching this like for the first time they have to be sucked in And of course, I think it doesn't have to be exposition heavy, but uh, yeah, the 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 upside of this whole thing is you know exactly what this is all about after after twenenty minutes. It's a, it's a yeah. short it's a short amount of time. You just have a few minutes to to convince someone. However, it's a little bit it it, it gets me a little bit out of the experience. I said it's too exposition heavy. It's like yeah, I know why this was written this way. Uh, normal characters don't talk like this also like this um you always have like introspection you always you always hear the the thoughts of the characters you know sometimes you have like this still frame where their lips are not moving and you just yes. hear what they are thinking and it's also sometimes very very overt very you know there's like no subtext to it and that's a little bit uh that's something that I'm, i'm struggling with when it comes to anime And that's I don't know, that's just been a, a mainstay anime since it's been around. Uh, mm-hmm. That hasn't to me that hasn't really changed all that much. It may have yeah. gotten longer, but they they've done that in classic series as far back as I remember. It's right. just that's just part of the delivery. That's just how they write the mangas when the, and you know the animes are adapted faithfully. They do that too, and I think it's just to show inner reaction without them revealing it outward towards their opponent or something mm-hmm. and some series it calls for i understand i cut those that they're not as action heavy they're more thrill style like death note especially yes. yes if they go very heavy with exposition and dialogue and inner thoughts that's i cut that slack if you're in an action anime and you're having like exposition of thoughts every five minutes Why are you taking five minutes to keep thinking this? It, it, like in a fight, you have maybe but fractions of a second to think, yeah. and you're not you're not having these talks with yourself that long with things. I mean, yeah. yeah. One that does it really well is a series called Hajime no Ippo, and it's a boxing one that's it's terrific. Mm-hmm. And you can hear the thoughts of them in the ring, like, okay, I have to adjust to this person's techniques or their fighting style because mm-hmm. they're either an infighter or they're out and have to know their footwork and it it works they do it very well without overkilling it and then you also have usually the seconds and the coaches also either thinking what they're going to do next or calling it out to them which Mm -hmm. works perfect for exposition in the sense of a coach in a second in real life would indeed call stuff out to you and tell you what to do and that's what they do in the series too 
Yeah, it's sometimes like the the abstract concept of time they have. You know, sometimes they have like five minutes. Uh, they they think five minutes about something, and and in real life, it passes like three seconds. Like, yeah, like, come on. <laughs> yeah. But, no, and ah, Dragon Ball Z was notorious for this during the Frieza arc because this got really famous for when Goku was fighting Frieza. In the manga, mm. it wasn't that long. But because at the time, the, I guess the anime was catching up, mm. they had to make it, they had to make some filler. So instead <laughs> of just, I guess, adding something new to it, mm. they straight up just stretch a, a simple dialogue out for episodes. And people remembered it. They were like, mm. why is it taking this long for Goku to beat Frieza's ass <laughs> just end him you're in super saiyan form he's weak finish him and it just went on with silly filler dialogue it was just so stale and it stuck with people so yeah. i i completely get it yeah it's it, it really depends on it you were mentioning death note and, and like i said it's it's been the anime that that got me into anime in the first place it's still to this day i would say the probably the most intelligent piece of fiction i have ever I've ever seen. I've I've read the manga. I've I've seen the anime multiple times. It's still, it's still on a level where which I, where I can hardly uh, comprehend anything that's going on. And that's uh, that's where, of course, exposition makes sense. But I'm yeah, I'm saying to to a degree. I'd say until L dies. Spoilers, everybody. And <laughs> that's uh, yeah. Af- afterwards, it gets a little bit, it gets a little bit uh, over the top. But until then, I can. I can show mercy for the series for its for its brilliant, intelligent writing. It's still, it's still, it was still unmatched. I was I was trying to find something that was like similar to Death Note. That's where I got to the Promised Neverland, which is again like like mind games and all this stuff. This is where yeah. anime shines for me, really. This is this is where it shines. Like this whole like figuring out tactics and and all this stuff, strategies and wow. Nice shit. So there's a there's a series I'll recommend to you if you can handle the over the top posing and uh, just dialogue and reactions. Mm. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is like that, except it's more action focused, mm-hmm. and it's pretty much the pro tag just trying to to think outthink his opponent, which is it shines really well in like the first three, and then at some point they get abilities called stands to where the stands kind of carry it more and it's like who can outmaneuver the mm-hmm. other with our different ability but in the beginning that that's what it's focused on and it's like everyone trying to out mind game one another mm-hmm. but it's just super exaggerated where you you can't help but laugh and they're totally serious when they go <laughs> over the over the top but i think that's just the author's uh his preference of writing and it it takes some getting used to but if you just let it be weird mm-hmm. it it's in to my opinion, it's like one of those like this is mind games in one of the most exciting ways, and it doesn't get too too deep. And if, I almost feel like a little bit bad, you know, claiming that I am like an anime fan and and I watched a lot of animes and saying I didn't watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventures until now. It's it's really it's hard for me to confess, but I yeah still haven't. And you're not the the first person who recommends it to me. I. I think I have given it a shot, man. It's uh, I'm, I'm running out of excuses. <laughs> That's definitely something it's, I need to need to take a look at. It's in my opinion worth it. It mm-hmm. it was off-putting to me at first because when it first came into prominence over here, I was like, I don't know if I want to watch that. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up getting into it and went, 
okay, I I actually like this. I Damn. see the hype behind it now. I mm-hmm. think it's just the overall over the top style and just the WTF moments you're gonna have. Mm-hmm. It's just you can't help but laugh and so many so many memes that even other anime series will reference are just so out there that like even the there's a, a line that someone said on a forum years ago called is that a jojo's reference <laughs> that is just it's prominent within the community like mm-hmm. it is a it's almost at this point self-referential like just other series will even pay homage with putting a few frames into where they'll they'll make a callback to like a jojo scene or they'll put some sort of line in there or like them posing because that's that's like a mainstay of the series is just some of the most over the top poses the characters will do. Mm-hmm. And the author, when they asked him, why did you make your characters do some of these just most egregious poses? <laughs> he said he drew inspiration from Greek art and it shows in the series too, especially early on. He, he drew a lot of his characters to, to be more muscular, like the, the poses that traditional Greek statues did. So, mm-hmm. He started taking some of those, and then he just got over the top with it. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yes, I think I think I need to give it a shot. Um, question would be: How do you how do you prefer your animes? Do you watch the original Japanese dub with uh, English subtitles, or or do, do do you guys have a good dub over there in in English? It it uh, really. It really depends on Attack on Titan, for example, has a very good German dub and. It's nice to see it because I think, I think Attack on Titan is kind of German. You know, they all the guys all have like German names and so. stuff like that. You know, yeah. It's like obviously- I would definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. I would say that, you know, if there was, which there is, if the there's a German dub, I would imagine it'd be good because you could tell a lot of the inspirations are very Germanic based for that series. So, especially for me, yeah. I I'm not a snob when it comes to a sub or a dub if the dub is good i'll Mm -hmm. listen to it usually i watch things in subs just because the streaming service i have a lot of things get dropped in japanese initially so i'll watch subs no problem sometimes subs can be bad but generally it's not a problem they usually do very well when they sub something dubs dubs have gotten interesting over here because they it's almost like they update the lexicon and the language to match how modern day people over here would speak. So it's cool, but on the other hand, it almost feels lazy at times Mm -hmm. where some are masterfully done. Some are not well done with a dub and you, you can tell. So it, I guess it depends on the series, but overall I don't mind if it's good, I'll watch it because there are people that they, Ooh, they get on a high horse and they have like the feeling of superiority. They're like, oh, you watch dubs? Wow, what a casual. Why can't you watch subs like us? <laughs> yeah. It's almost like insulting to them, you know. It's like, no, I'm, I'm gonna watch the I'm gonna watch a foreign dub, you know. And I can I can understand it to a degree, you know. It's of course of course I have the impression that I'm watching like the original series as is what as it was intended to be. When I watch it in original Japanese with, uh, in my case, German or English dubs, uh, subs, sorry. But, yeah, it's, uh, people tend to make religions out of anything, you know. They really That's, do. Yeah. And it's it's silly to watch it at times because you'll see people argue, and this still happens. It's so prominent in the community mm. where 
they get the, the God complex of, oh, I watch the subs, therefore I'm more culturally aware <laughs> yes. and accepting than you. You watch the dubs, oh, you're a casual. It's yeah. because you just you can't handle the, the speed of the captions that come on here. Wow, you must be so unskilled and just how dare you wouldn't listen to the God language of the Japanese. And you just watch these people argue with each other like, mm-hmm. dude, chill out. It is not that serious. I promise you are, I bet you have never been to Japan before. Like, you need to calm down. I think there's, I, I'm pretty certain there must be like a YouTube video out there that says, uh, the way you can like comprehend <laughs> like English subs shows how, how high of an IQ you have and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure there's like a video like that out there. <laughs> I have no doubt. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit, especially when it comes to Tech on Titan. I'm like, I'm watching a series where you have like people who have German names. Obviously, 80-90% of the characters have like obvious German names. But I'm watching it in Japanese, where they are pronouncing the names in Japanese with German subs, you know? I'm like really freaked out about this. And I was like, when they when they are pronouncing the names, like, uh, dude, you, you've pronounced it wrong and stuff like that. There's just like this prime example of, in English I would call him Berthold. And he just can't, okay. they just can't spell it out, man. It's, so is that how they would say it in German? Is Berthold? No, no, uh, not with the th. I'll say it's Berthold. Oh, it's okay. Like, that's that's the way Germans are. and Japanese people go like Berthold It's stuff like that, man. Yes. It's really, yeah. <laughs> it sometimes takes me out of the experience. <laughs> I don't know. If, have you have you seen Psychopaths by any chance? Yes. Now that. That's a good series. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, and I watched it in I watched it in Japanese, man. And you know, I, I don't want to be a disrespectful culture over there and all stuff. I watched it in uh, watched a Japanese dub because I'm a good person, obviously. And it's like I think it's in season two. There's like this this the bad guy. And it's called Spooky Boogie, and that, that's uh, I I crack up every time I hear his name because they always go like this spooky boogie and I'm like whoa what the fuck <laughs> so it's like, yeah. it cracks me up every time but it pisses me off because this is like such a good written series especially season one I, th- I think when you, when you, you said you like like neo-noir and mecha and all this stuff oh I think psychopaths is definitely something for you I can see why you like it yeah I, it gets and it gets to mind games of a sort but mm-hmm. it's them trying to get into a system to where a system that wrongfully analyzes people on their psychological profile and it's right. almost like 1984-esque thought police stuff mm-hmm. where we're going to assess this person and if they're i forget the the name of the number but it's like if this number's over a certain threshold we have the right to either take them in incarcerate or just straight up neutralize and destroy them yeah yeah, I think it goes uh, over. Uh, <laughs> it's, like it's like when you have over three hundred and it says "dominator lethal <laughs> lethal mode" or something like yep. that. <laughs> it freaks me out, man. But yeah, it's it's brilliantly. I would say dystopia meets noir stuff like that. Yes, definitely. Yeah, because yeah, it definitely has the themes of a noir in it. Uh, you know the the dialogue. You have characters that are very jaded mm-hmm. towards. Uh, life in general, which is a staple of noirs, just like that. Yes. That anti-hero that is very walled off from people, 
uh, you know, you've got elements of crime and something trying to be solved and tragedy, and it it does very well as a series. It's also they they have this ability to make you think about it even days and weeks afterwards. When I when I see stuff like that, like I would say it's when it comes to morale and all this stuff, it's a very gray area we are talking about, especially when it comes to psychopaths. A very like uh, yeah, th- there's like no right or wrong. It's a very gray stuff, and every time I watch a series like that, also Attack on Titan and all this stuff, I'm always like, yeah, Hollywood could never, never, no. never. Like Disney could never. This is uh, no. a whole other level. Yeah, I, that's why I, I find good stories in anime now in modern day more than other entertainment medium especially out here like the west is just vapid of anything substantial it's just yes. to crank out something to make a cash grab like a, a, a summer flick for someone to enjoy or mm. we're just we're just going to reboot something there's there's nothing left it's it's gone i don't i don't appreciate a lot of the new stuff that comes out and it's so it's so wonderful getting into conversations with people like yo did you see the new marvel movie or <laughs> Did you watch the new reboot? I went, no, no. And then, like, how could you not? And, I, man, I start so much shit when I tell people that Marvel at best is, like, mid-tier entertainment because they're like, no, it's terrific. It's it's the best. And it's like, man, I'm sorry that, you know, I offended your god and religion, but I have to disagree with you. It, You know, initially when it first came to the big screen, sure, it was novel. It was fairly new. And it was well-executed. But now, I don't. I don't care for them. I really don't. The Marvel series just doesn't do anything for me. They're really, uh, really overrated. I would say it's it's one of the most yeah. overrated pieces of media I've, I've ever, I've ever seen. It's it's really weird that the people have like so low standards nowadays that they they spend like weeks watching like new series of of you know marvel uh, there's like no marvel series coming out and, and people actually watch it about like some side characters and people are freaking out about this stuff it really i, I really can't get why i was i was putting out this tweet a few minutes before before the show started and i was like i think i said uh traditional anime beats vogue hollywood and yeah i i, I stand with that oh amen yep i'm with you on that i'll i'll stand on that hill nope i <laughs> yeah they kind of they kind of surpassed, no yeah. They kind of surpassed Hollywood, you know, because there was definitely a time when, when Disney. I'm, I'm talking like maybe okay. Let's talk animation only, uh, where Disney was definitely like the top tier level of animation, also from storytelling wise. Definitely the the Renaissance, uh, yeah, with, with Lion King and and all this stuff. But right now, anime has surpassed them like 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 by by many levels. This is cr- it's yeah. crazy. That's uh, yeah, definitely sad. Sad to see. And yeah, and, th- and then I hear from from the same people that that praise Marvel, that they say yeah, anime is childish and stupid. I'm like yeah, that's a but, that's a that's a double edged sword though. Yeah, as they watch Disney owned movies, mm. which I'm not I'm not here to shit on anybody's preference or what they choose to do, but you don't get to throw stones in a glass house at somebody. Right. That's it. Especially not as a, as a Marvel fanboy, if you can call it. Yeah. So, so, so speaking of takes, uh, 
Do you have also like an anime where you would say, okay, I was very disappointed? Like, like I know your favorite animes, like I'd say One Piece, Cowboy Bebop, and all that stuff. Do you have like a Do you have like an anime where you'd say, wow, that, that was that was complete shit, worst stuff I ever seen? Oh, oh man, I know they're out there. I'm usually good about avoiding them. Mm. I'd, I'd actually have to think if there was a series I was let down by. Ah. Uh... Like Bleach. Mm-hmm. Bleach let me down. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why was that? Bleach, Bleach's author, uh, Tite Kubo, mm-hmm. he has a writing style to where he will bring a very novel and interesting concept to a story. And it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And he has something golden. And he'll start with it. And then all of a sudden, it's like he just drops it entirely. He right. just goes, okay, I don't want to play with you anymore. And throws it away. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what? what? No, you had something here. <laughs> Keep running with it. And he will instead just focus on something else. And by his own admission, he says if he gets stuck writing with the characters he has, he'll just write new characters. And hmm. I appreciate a good cast of characters, but he's got an extensive one for how short the series was. And mm-hmm. after the main arc, the Arankar arc, everything just fell off. It, yeah. it just it didn't recapture that initial thrill of Ichigo and his friends getting their abilities and, you know, going toe to toe with soul society and then taking on the Iran car. It did not hold a candle to it. Mm-hmm. And it let me down. And then the manga released the actual ending arc, which the anime has yet to do. And it was underwhelming. I went, wow, mm-hmm. I came here hoping to get closure and I really didn't get it. I think what makes someone really disappointed is when you are already invested in in a series and then it lets you down in the end. I think when a, when a series already starts bad, I'm like, yeah, okay, fuck this shit. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna watch it until the end. <laughs> I'm but, done. Yeah, but imagining like 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 I was really uh, I was really afraid when when season four kicked off of Attack on Titan. I was like, yeah, don't mess this up, guys. Just don't mess this up and. I was halfway through, I think it was episode 6 or 7, I was like, oh my god, this is getting better and better. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that at all, that the, this show is still, I think, uh, on its way to its peak. And th- that's something yes. that's very, very rare. I gotta, I gotta know, I know this is a hot take, but ha- have you seen Demon Slayer by any chance? Yes. Then I would, I would have to go with Demon Slayer when it comes to worst anime I've seen. I, I know this really? is I know this is a hot take. I know I'm very I'm very solo like with this with this opinion. I, I was looking for a horror series, horror anime, and they, they are pretty rare out there. But Demon Slayer are very overrated in my opinion. It's see, overrated doesn't mean bad. I actually find I actually did find some enjoyment in Demon Slayer, but feel all the hype surrounding it, it feels a little bit exaggerated. Let me explain. Many Many people only praise this anime for like two things: the the animation, of course, and, and Nezuko. <laughs> and, oh God! And the I'd, I'd say the graphics, yeah, halfway decent at best by modern standards. It, this is st- this still isn't Akira or Ghost in Shell kind of graphics. Uh, right. Yeah, but that's that's modern anime, right? And yeah. The, the anime is not exciting at any point for me. The story is generic, like the generic shonen uh, blueprint, mediocre as it can get. The main character's thing is that he's he's super nice to everyone, that's it. 
if it's uh, yeah, it's, I, I know it might sound harsh, but yeah. No, it's a, it's a justified opinion. I can understand where you come from with it. Mm-hmm. I I'm not super hyped with it. I won't I won't go as far to put it in like my top, mm-hmm. but I do appreciate it and the art style. And this this may be a counterpoint that may help open your eyes in a different light to it. Mm-hmm. The the art style has very thick lines, which is mm-hmm. more in in line with traditional Japanese art, like brush strokes. Because the sword styles, especially Tanjiro's, is of like thick traditional Japanese art style waves and oceans, mm-hmm. and I think that's something that the artist personally wanted as uh, a a flair and a preference in addition to the normal art style because it's set in traditional Japan era esque, right. except the city, of course. But I mean everything else. It's oh god, the time frame. I forget the time frame. I want to say it's either. Like around the what would be modern World War Two era art. Yes, it's or... actually the nineteen. It's the nineteen twenties. I, I researched it a few days ago. It's uh, around okay. the nineteen twenties. Yeah. So things were like you know in the countrysides, people were still living in a very traditional style. Mm-hmm. And uh, my guess is that the artist wanted to go that route with the art style with thicker lines, and obviously like the the sword styles, which I, I think are awesome. Mm-hmm. That it was pretty cool seeing those mm-hmm. come to life with like their elements when they use them but that, I, I can understand your opinion i i like the series is i think it's very mm-hmm. well written it's not overtly drawn out and the pace is is pretty on point to where you're not stuck too long in an arc especially battling somebody and mm-hmm. it, it's an interesting novel concept okay yeah yeah i got i got um it's not. It's not that you have like different opinion. I'm gonna <laughs> close the stream now. I was like, no, I'm offended now. <laughs> no, I can. I, de- I can definitely see where you're coming from. I mean, there's so many people praising it, and yeah, I might be. I might be wrong about my my point of view. It's just that it's. It comes to me across as very generic. There's like nothing, nothing really memorable when it comes to the main character about the story. It's very, hmm, yeah, hard for me to to get connected to it in some way. I don't know. I think that's what drives the story some is the main character is a very humane person that struggles to kill demons, especially once he finds out that they used to be human. Mm -hmm. And because that's his task, it's like the the juxtaposition of being forced into a position to help save his sister, who's a demon, got turned into one, his family was slain by demons. It's an inner struggle. And Mm -hmm. what may be which I can see for you is you're not seeing him struggle hard enough yet with that. Yes. Cause he just, I'm nice and yes, I'll grieve a demon, but I, you don't see him struggle that hard with it. And mm-hmm. I think that gets alleviated in future arcs, which the movie that just dropped for it apparently expands upon that and is the next part of the story arc. Mm-hmm. And so from what fans were telling me that read the manga, he he struggles with it more, and it starts to turn as it goes on. Yeah, because for, yeah, that's that's exactly what I was feeling. It's it was made too easy for him, you know. And the the explanation that okay, I, I'm just gonna try harder, and there's like another flashback which explains where he got like this power and that power. That's not really that's not really struggle for me, and that's the that that's the problem I have with this series, you know, as. As much as I would love to like it, as much as I would be uh, part of the, the fandom of uh, Demon Slayer, which is big, I just can't. 
I just can't. I, I need more struggle. I need more pain, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and that, that's fine. That mm-hmm. That's just a preference of your your anime, like we discussed earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I are both, we like stories of struggle and overcoming because mm-hmm. that requires a lot of hard work. Mm-hmm. So that perfectly makes sense, if anything. Mm-hmm. Also, the thing is, like, tone. I want to talk too much about Demon Slayer, but, but, but the tone, when it comes to humor... Uh, that's that's a little bit where I would say it's a bit too much. It's a bit too out of place uh, to a point where it makes it almost awkward. You know, we talked about this earlier that uh, you have to accept the kind of silly, goofy hum- humor at some point. But uh, up until I think episode ten or eleven, uh, the the anime went all in. Like, uh, yeah, like I said, don't get me wrong. I, I love sometimes love those stupid jokes in anime and uh, characters screaming their emotions. They do this stuff all the time. You know, it's something you get used to. The more anime you yeah. watch, but yeah, for some reason it looks like completely out of place. Too exaggerated. Uh, hard for me. Yeah, I think, and that I can agree with because the main source of humor, at least the one that was intended, the Lightning Kid. Mm-hmm. That kid is. So whiny. Mm. I cannot stand him. I'm like, he I don't care for him. He mm-hmm. is a he just he's a liability in the group. He just whines about right. oh god, I'm scared of demons. Oh no. Uh, yeah. And it's like this is way too childish. And he just he's not a a funny character for me. He's not a character I care mm-hmm. for me. The boar, uh Inosuke, the boar head mm-hmm. one. Probably, he has to be my favorite. Has to be my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Also, I can kind of relate to him better than to to Tanjiro, to the two main character. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Dude, he lives in the wild. He has two blades that aren't meant for finesse. He just he wants to fuck shit up. And I'm like, yeah. ah, character <laughs> I can relate to. <laughs> yeah, that speaks to that speaks to Metal Shogun over there, man. <laughs> yes, nice one. Um. Yeah, we, we are over an hour into the stream now. People go, people who are listening might, might ask themselves, like, <laughs> we got to talk about Attack on Titan. It's, we, we, yeah, but uh, on the other hand, yeah, it's a, it's a free-flowing episode uh, set in the beginning, so so we have our, our freedom. It's about anime in general, and I think it's a nice way to, to prepare ourselves for the ranking. Um, if you have seen the Game of Thrones episode, which we did with Alex, the, the one after you, you were on, we actually ranked the characters in Game of Thrones, and uh, we we have this nice little this nice little page called Tearmaker, uh, yeah. Tearmaker.com, If you if you've seen, and I thought, okay, let's do the same thing for for Attack on Titan. People are probably going to ask themselves whether it makes sense to analyze and rank those characters if uh, at least I haven't seen the finale yet, or AKA the chapter one three nine. I guess it is yeah. Yeah. And I think it does. I have seen, uh, watched a few character analysis videos in the past couple of days, trying to to avoid spoilers in any possible way, and I succeeded still. Um, there were videos from like three years ago, and they were pretty neat. And it's also interesting what people uh, thought about this story back in the days when season three wasn't even wasn't even aired yet. And it's interesting to see how they were right and how not. I think it's a surprise us all. The series surprised us all. Um, when was the first time you realized Attack on Titan is, is something different? 
Mm, we, we, we are talking about quality, so so I'm absolutely okay to compare this whole series to like Game of Thrones and stuff like that. I remember watching Game of Thrones back in the days where when Ned Stark dies, where the Red Wedding happened, like a couple episodes like that. Uh, the main character dies. That's where I knew. Wow, I'm in for something else. When was the first time you realized that Attack on Titan is is something different, something uh, special that we can unarguably say? It was probably chapter five because I started mm-hmm. with the manga mm-hmm. instead of the anime, and uh, it was probably when Aaron got eaten, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> dang, okay, so the main character's dead. Mm-hmm. All right, this took a turn." And then he comes out and. Then he's a Titan. Then you find out it's him, and I'm like, "Oh, all right. This this has my attention. Let's mm-hmm. go." Definitely, definitely nothing I I actually expected. And it's so nice to see when you when you look back on the first episodes how everything was pre-planned. Everything was everything had like a had like a reason with <laughs> with all this. There's so much foreshadowing. It's it's almost crazy. Uh, yeah. Hajime Sayama is a, is a absolute genius maybe one of the best writers of our time um wow uh, still amazed like uh and dude, dude you have no idea how hard it is for me not to re- not to finish the manga i i really i am really a huge fan of the anime i just don't want to i i want to have the experience so <laughs> just can't yeah. um but i remember we talked about this uh, last time we had a call and you said yeah it's totally worth it to to wait until the end so that's what yes. I'm going to do. We reward you. Oh my god. I don't think we will ever see something like that ever again. It's really out of competition. Really hard to compare it to to any other anime I've ever seen. Would you would you say the same? It it definitely stands as its own. Mm-hmm. Uh the concept of using 3D gear to the fight titans and how the titans were made. Uh yeah, I haven't seen anything like that. It's like a altered dystopian world of sorts where people are just struggling and survival against these things and mm. it's got a very world war ii esque era slash you know germany inspired uh vibe to it where mm. the the characters they they dress very much like that part right and you could tell every day is just like all right let's get up and and struggle again and again against these things and they just claim the lives of people for so long as that we can remember, and then you you know you go in and find out. Spoiler alert: that their their own island has altered history mm-hmm. by like propaganda of like the king and and the like, and so then they they're finding the truth out for themselves. Right. And what began as just a means of self defense and survival ended up becoming like a what did we just stumble on upon with our own people, and <laughs> it just goes from there. Yeah. It's so carefully crafted out, and the, the complexity in this show is insane. It's uh, it's it starts off as this typical shonen stuff, where you're again you are <laughs> you're being shown the motivation of the main character. Uh, he says like in episode one or two, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill every single titan, you know, and it suddenly turns into this show about morals and. And choosing the right thing is complicated. Uh, really reflecting of real life, it's completely breaks the whole genre. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's also 
also a little bit what contradicts what I, what I said earlier because yeah, m many people start with anime when they are a kid, but I would say there are animes which uh, are and should be completely for for grown ups. And I'd say Attack on Titan is up there with it. I mean, not like you don't have to be like eighteen to watch it, but it's definitely nothing for kids, right? Yeah, I wouldn't say so. I would. Mm. I wouldn't have my kid watching it off the bat. I'd wait till they're like a little older to grasp beyond like the the gore and the the immediate horror of an overwhelming power uh, mm -hmm. taking people on, which is almost in a way Lovecraftian because Lovecraftian yes. horror is some super you know powerful entity or in his case cosmic that humans try to grasp and it just messes their mind up and mm -hmm. in this it's similar of you see in the beginning where hans saves aaron and mikasa mm -hmm. as their mother gets crushed by the house and eaten and just approaching the titan in general you see him just break immediately <laughs> he goes i'll go and save you guys and yeah whoop, titan just shows up and he's like uh nope nope nope, nope kids Say goodbye to your mom. Absolutely, there, there there is gore in Attack on Titan. I mean, it, the yeah, particularly gruesome compared to like I'd also say uh, vanilla shows like Naruto or One Piece. It's way more gory. Um, also, if you get like yeah, also if you get like scared easily, these titans and the way they are designed. They're very extremely creepy, like like I'm talking evil clown level creepy, if you know what I'm saying. Yes. It's uh it's like there's a there's a pictures that, that engrave in your brain. Really like uh, yeah, almost almost a horror series in disguise. It's definitely uh it's definitely horrific. So, so when it comes to the topic of ranking and all that, like when we talk about the characters again, this is <laughs> I always I always enjoy asking like those those nerdy kind of questions. But if there's like one character in this series where you say, okay, I, I can empathize with him, or do you have like a, a favorite character in general where you say, yeah, that's that's my favorite one in the series? Is there is there like anyone like that? Uh, there's actually a few. I don't have just one. Mm. I I like a. Their boot camp instructor, uh, Keith Shardis, that guy. Yeah, that yeah. guy's pretty cool because he's a guy. He he's seen some shit at the beginning of the series, mm -hmm. but he keeps rolling with it. And I mean, he's super rough around the edges, but I mean, he wants them to do well, and he supports them along the way. Uh, Levi, mm -hmm. just because it you know it's Levi. Yeah, and then <laughs> Sasha because she's just some country bumpkin that wanted to show up and really do well. And she just loves eating, which I like to do. So <laughs> I, I'm actually very endeared by her and I don't, I don't know if anybody else is up there. Those are, those are just the three off the top of my head that I, I do enjoy. A lot of people are like, you don't like commander Irwin. And I'm like, I, I don't care for him all that much. Mm -hmm. It's not to say he's not a good character. He's mm -hmm. just, he don't appeal to me because he's like, the the heralded hero of the core per se when he's the commander and when he's still alive but you see all the other people doing way more work than him and it's just like i i don't i don't see you leading from the front like levi's doing yeah if you there's actually a very fun fact of trivia that irvin smith actually never killed a titan on his own or a, a person for that matter 
he really? yeah that's actually a very very interesting piece of trivia he never on screen killed someone ah, which is so which is which is really oh. which is really interesting if you if you think about it yeah i mean yeah. there are some that i know that the little extra data points and trivia they have out there which i know there are places that even keep count of how many titans they've killed mm. and you know they're in field and even I think like their their coordinated kills they've done. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't recall seeing him ever really in the thick of the action. Not to say that he wasn't, you know, that I've seen him a few times on horseback and he led the other uh scouts against Zeke's Titan invasion. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know, he just he's an excellent leader, but as a character I just I don't feel for him all that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a difficult one, no doubt. Well written, but uh, I can I can understand what you mean. Hard to hard to empathize with. It yeah. almost it's, it's almost like an alien. It's really, yeah. But yeah, speak, speaking of speaking of characters losing their humanity, it's <laughs> I think that's the that's the right series. When it comes to the topic of actually ranking, we we're gonna try it now. But before we're gonna do it, we have to of course set the rules. Uh, like I said, I found this nice thing on Tier Maker. You can, you have the link to the stream, right? You can you can open it up and then you can see it on on the stream yourself. Which I'm gonna put on this on the on a, a screen right now. You can open open a stream up. You can watch with me together. And I found this nice thing here on TierMaker.com. And first of all, and I'm I'll take a look at it. There's so many characters, man. I, I was I was taking like a brief oh look. Goodness. I was taking like a brief look at it. I was like, I actually I, I've I've watched Attack on Titan multiple times. Like, fifty percent of those people, I don't know who they are. It's it's really it's really crazy, man. Um, goodness, that's a lot. Absolutely. I think they they added a lot of like secondary characters that don't yeah. have that much story in there. Yeah, we actually don't also don't have the the, the time to to care about anyone but uh, of course about the main characters maybe um yeah the the question is you know when alex you and i did the game of thrones thing and the other stream we actually ranked them with a with a similar graphic like this one and the question is now uh let's find it out how do we rank them what is the criteria of course this is going to be it's going to be 100 percent subjective anyone who's listening is not not a representative for for anything this is like just our personal opinion the question is we we can do many things like like personal preferences or um yeah a well-written character even though they are all well written to to a degree um what would you say makes a character top tier for you all right so as a a fan of these tier list makers because I'm all <laughs> I'm all about like series and tiers. Yeah. Usually, a criteria is what is the story impact, how overall well written are they? Mm-hmm. Uh, Likeability does come into a play. Like how how well received do I like them? How well received does the community like them? And just their in this term to be their sheer ability and more empirical data of why they would be. Uh, a higher tier character so mm-hmm. i guess in this instance it's like what's their what's their kill count and or story impact if they haven't killed uh how much influence do we have on the characters and the story and overall how effective and survivable are they that'd probably be my criteria for mm-hmm. what their 
uh, their tier list would be, as well as their background and their their story of where they got to where they're at now. Absolutely. Yeah, it's also the question, like, if this character would die, would the story collapse? And if yes, it's probably a pretty good character. <laughs> right, exactly. So, yeah. It's how, how much do they influence other characters and the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are definitely a few who, who I would say, yeah, they, they are stuff like that. Um, let's kick off with... Carl, let's kick off with the uh, with the thumbnail guy. Let's kick off with Levi, and uh, let's let's see. I, I think this is a good way to start. Good uh, character to start. Uh, I'm gonna gonna mention it again. We are at the state of the anime, which means season four, episode sixteen. So anybody who's who's uh, seen the anime, no spoilers for the mangas again. Which it's gonna be interesting if, if after I've seen the finale, if anything changes for me if anything for my <laughs> my personal preference changes because i'm aware that a few characters there are probably gonna have a have a huge revelation a huge uh yeah, character development this is gonna be interesting um when it comes to levi when i when i think of him it's really interesting what do you think he's like such a uh, there's so many fans of him like like if if you would do a if you do a poll on on Twitter, who's like a favorite uh, character? I w- I'd probably say fifty percent would probably vote for him. Yeah. What do, you, what, do you, what do you think that is? Why is he like so loved? So, from what I've seen in generally the female demographic, they just have this thing like, "Oh, he's got daddy vibes. He'd take care of me and composed <laughs> and stoic," which are good traits, mm-hmm. but that usually the number one thing like, "Oh, he's just so cute and." And all that, mm-hmm. and then male demographic because he goes out there and just absolutely kills titans. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a. Uh, I think we 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 have to do a top tier waifu list so someone else as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah it's, uh, I'd say because of him, uh, first attributes that comes to my mind is cold and emotionless, but. I would say the craziest thing about him is that he's still like maintaining, I would say, a sense of sanity and cool, calculated head. You know. Yes. Like there's so many, there's so many people freaking out, so many people losing their shit, and he's never like, uh, he's also never arrogant to the point of carelessness. You know, this is he's uh, <laughs> absolutely aware of his power and never gets to his head. No matter how powerful yeah. he is, there there will always be casualties. He knows that, and yeah, yeah. He so my opinion with him, I he easy S tier, and not Definitely. for the hype that people yeah. find, but because just all all the things considered, his effectiveness in combat, the way he leads his people. You know, he's always in the front, ready to go, and as a character, you know, he comes up from a, a pretty rough background to the point. You know, he had to fight his uncle, mm-hmm. and he he just came up and continued. He's the epitome of I'm going to keep running through anything that comes my way and survive, and I'm going to lead my people to do it too. Absolutely, it's uh... yeah. Also, like this, really, what what, what gets me? It gets me going for this character is this. Um, I I still being it's it's a scene I've probably seen like 500 times where we have this fight against uh, Zeke. I, I think he's called Zeke. I don't know. Yes. Ja- Japanese people call him Zeke. Um, <laughs> yes. It's Jaeger. 
I, I don't know I don't know which uh which pronunciation I'm gonna I'm gonna choose from from the for the next uh <laughs> for the next couple of minutes. Uh, I think I might go with the Japanese one because I'm already used to it. Uh so yeah, no no I hope no one freaks out about that. Um like his cleanliness. It's actually a nice uh callback because he actually when when you know his background story, he has this he has this fetish for, for cleanliness. He always has to keep his room clean and stuff like that. He hates blood. And yes. I like the way this, this also transcends to his fighting style. He never fights like with risk. He's very the, yes. the way the way he was dissecting uh, like literally the, the the beast titan. Like step after step he was like slicing his arm open then uh making him blind, then cutting his uh, Achilles stuff down there at his foot. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's interesting. He, he, you get the impression he never loses his cool. And this is something yeah. really, yeah, admirable as a trait also in real life, of course. Yep. He's, he's methodical with mm -hmm. his killing and you can see it in his style. He's quick. Uh, he does a lot of, a lot of like zigzagging at crucial points mm -hmm. to weaken and tell a Titan, whereas some are just straight charge in for the nape and get to cutting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's hard to it's hard it's hard to talk about because it's like uh, yeah, of course there's like a difference between okay I have the perfect character who does everything perfect that's of course boring, but Levi is a little bit more than that because of course he's like overpowered and all that and normally usually I'm I'm not really drawn to overpowered characters they tend to be boring. But yes. it's something about the way he's written, something about this series that that makes people like him, including me. You know, that's that's a question like, uh, how did they make it? It's genius writing, of course. So yes, yeah, yeah. Um, let's say when it comes to the next character, and it's a character that really, um, how do I put this right? Uh, started a, has a very nice character development there uh would be Armin what's your what's your take on him Armin I would move to the A tier mhm mm you know I agree. earlier in the series he was more like a C B tier character just yes. because he was like oh no I'm I'm scared and whiny and mm -hmm. it's just you know it was annoying but then it was just his character he I gave him the A tier because he really grew, like exponentially. He has some of the the most growth I've seen out of all the characters. Mm -hmm. He becomes the new commander. He becomes the inheritor of the the colossal titan, mm -hmm. and how he changed from just being a, a constant like bullied, panic kid into somebody that can effectively lead. Mm -hmm. Never forgot his sense of self, and still has that that kind personality and never traded that in to the horrors of the world mm -hmm. to me that's that's a tier quality character material definitely yeah that's this nice character transition from no experience like literally being bullied as a kid not confident at all in the beginning always like insecure uh he he also wasn't aware of his his powers i would say his uh tactical thinking abilities yeah Actually, there was this there was this crucial moment around the the trust arc, if you remember it, where uh, where Armin grows. I would say it's it's a moment where 
where I think Irvin tells him if you if you if you hadn't called a soldier back in the days, me and uh, me and Mikasa would would have been dead. Uh, I mean, Eren. Sorry, not uh, Irvin. And 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 he tells him that yeah, since since you were a kid, we've always seen you as a very tactical, brave person. This is like a switch that's been turned on in in, in Armin's brain. Or, or rather, a switch turned off. This negative self-beliefs. And in the end, even Irvin Smith gives him like confirmation. The the great strategist himself, you know, so to speak. Yes. And yeah, like like giving us this character growth, I would definitely agree with A. Um, there's still a little bit that... Um, it's between A and S for me because like there's really this huge character development, this uh, unmatched. Right, when it comes to all characters, uh, he's he's the one we've been we've seen growing the the most. Mm. He has S potential mm-hmm. if he, if he was more kill effective in combat. That's the only thing that to me holds him back is his overall aggressiveness as like a scout because that to me is something important too. And it's supposed to be important to the scouts is their battle effectiveness. And while he leads, and it's good that he does from the position he does, he's just shy of the S tier because his actual combat prowess isn't quite up there. Mm-hmm. It's also a character where I'm still like, you know, what makes a character really S for me as well is if he or she is, you know, I still have a little bit of feeling that he's like, uh, torn apart, you know, especially when there was this there was this scene on uh, in Marley when he was transforming into the colossal titan for the first time on screen, and he's he's jumping out of this of this uh, titan and and looking down and see what uh, what he's done. He's still like a little bit insecure about his decisions. He's still like not, um, you know, in in comparison to Levi who who just does what has to be done. He. He doesn't think about yeah. it much, and when it comes to Armin, is like, hmm, he's 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 not there yet, you know. Yeah, and it on one hand that that also to me that's a holdback, but on the other hand, it shows that he's one of the people that more so holds onto his humanity and hasn't cast that off entirely, which is nice to yeah. see because it prevents it or not prevents it presents a different point of view of one of the scouts going, I don't want to needlessly create bloodshed and war. Mm-hmm. And the people have different takes when it comes to something like a conflict like that, especially against other humans, because it mm-hmm. isn't just Titans anymore. You have to now consider, damn, we're doing the same thing to them like they did to us so long ago. Is this right? Mm-hmm. I personally fall on the, the spectrum of, look, you fuckers wanted war, you got it. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> I'm in the same team, yeah, man. It's, uh, I I keep being reminded of the scene where um, Armin is forced to kill one of those uh, guys from the military police to save one of his own guys. It's still we are still on uh, the island parody, and yeah, this this is the first time that Armin has actually killed someone as as a yeah. human, and I can still remember when he was he was he was not only crying, he was actually he was actually vomiting afterwards because it was such a yeah he he killed a yeah. person for the first time. It it shows that uh, Armin might have become a person he actually didn't want to become. You know. Yeah, and you see him struggle with that when mm-hmm. he wakes up post injection when they rec- they help him recover mm-hmm. from uh, Bertolt. 
and you could see he still struggles with that, but he handles it well. He doesn't let that cripple him. He just goes, this is the situation I'm given. I have to make the best of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it comes to when it comes to Berthold, one of the one of the weakest characters in 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 the whole series. I mean, it's also like a nice piece of trivia. It's actually the first person we see on the series at all. The first person that comes up on screen. Of course, you know it uh, later. Like, You're right. Uh, it you know, is. Yeah. <laughs> Berthold is the first uh, person we see. It's uh, super interesting. But yeah, when it comes to his character. I would say he's the epitome of of a passive character. Really, yes. really unlikable. I mean, he comes off as this nice guy all the time, but yeah, coward, weak. For me, uh, somewhere between D and E tier. There's like nothing to I would, him. I would definitely say he's a. Uh, yeah, he's definitely D tier for sure. And if you want to put yeah. him in E, he does belong there because he gets worse as, as you go on. You realize beyond the colossal titan, he doesn't offer anything. And yeah, he said he's he plays off like he's super kind and nice. Mm. Dude, he's a dickhead. You know yeah. what he is? He's the epitome <laughs> of the, the quote unquote nice guy. Yeah. Like the the oh you know, I'm a nice guy. So therefore, you need to you need to be able to reward my niceness in kind. He's that nice guy that goes right. out for, for, with girls. And he's that he's the fucking guy that goes, <laughs> Oh, where's my hug? Oh, I'm a nice guy. Why don't you like me? You know what? That's exactly what he is. He, he's a nice guy. <laughs> Throw him in E tier. <laughs> Dude, that, how am I gonna how am I gonna counter that one, man? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, I won't I, I won't say he's like the most hated character of mine on this series, but it's really like there's nothing to him, man. No, he he is trash character. Put him in E tier. <laughs> it's like, come on, I'm gonna I'm gonna do an F tier for you now, man. <laughs> I absolutely I absolutely agree, man. It's uh yeah, this does like nothing to him, nothing to his character. It's um also like really subjectively uh, objectively speaking, from a character writing standpoint, also a very badly written character. There's I mean, compared to Reiner, which uh, we're going to talk about, of course, as well uh, later, he's the complete opposite. It's, I feel like this is a character where there's like nothing. There, there wasn't putting any any effort behind him. They, you know what? Maybe the effort was to just make him that coward, to make him that yeah, asshole. Yeah, sure, I agree. It's uh, yeah, definitely a, a weak character in, in from many perspectives. Definitely. So we so we talked about Erwin Smith already. Um, now the question is, of course, which tier? Uh, I, I'd say, yeah, like I said, he's he's a little bit. He comes across a little bit as inhuman. Also, the more you think about him, is uh, yeah, S- someone that lets I, someone that lets other people die for him. As at the yeah. same time, the perfect leader. Hmm. Difficult one, man. I I would say B tier. And people are going to probably rage at me for this one mm. out of the fandom, and that's okay. I'm going to explain. He has, obviously, you know, he has, like, the leadership of leadership influence on people. Right. So he has the story, he has the character influence, we get it. Like you said, who does he kill? Mm-hmm. We have not seen him kill anybody. You don't see him that much in the action either. I get that, yes, in real-life situations, most leaders at that level aren't leading from the front they're at the pentagon or you mm-hmm. know they're 
they're somewhere else, removed from the action, making the calls. And in, in that case, I understand. But then why, to counter, in a wartime situation such as that, to where they're so limited on people, if people like Levi can go out in the field and do it, mm-hmm. and if people like Armin, who becomes the new commander, goes out in the field and does it, why can't Erwin? Hmm. And that takes a lot from me for that, in addition to, okay, yeah, he he had his own dreams and stuff too, and that, that does not take away from it. But it's not strong enough for me to want to make him an A-tier character. He just, he's carried a lot by his position mm-hmm. and not so much as who he is. Yeah, we have like a little bit of backstory that his, uh, his father was a teacher and... Uh, Erwin was actually indirectly responsible for for the death of his father because his father was like telling him stories where he assumes that titans are in fact humans, which yeah, ended up being true. And Erwin yeah. as a child, Erwin as a child, as a dumb child, was telling everyone about this. And uh, the same night, his father had an quote-unquote accident where exactly. uh, military police cared about him, and that kind of that was kind of like what, what shaped him a little bit, but. Yeah, um, it's hard for me. I would, I would, I would disagree. It's like, yeah, I wouldn't say it's A tier. I would also not say it's B tier. Uh, you know when there was this really, really excellent scene where you have both people, Erwin and Armin, at the at the verge of death, and Levi has to choose which one to give the injection. And at this point, uh, when I was first watching it, I was like, wow. This is this is gonna be a tough one, you know. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's still it's still fifty fifty for me. I don't know. I, I'm sometimes I'm sometimes I was I was uh, watching season four, of course, recently as it came out, the first part of season one, uh, season four, and there were a few situations where I was like, okay, what if what if Irving was still here? It would be very very interesting. But on the other hand, I I don't think he would have. I don't think the story would probably function if if he was still alive. He would be like no, a, he would be like a much of a main character there. Right. I mean, he'd just be he wouldn't be like Armin to where it's like he's the main character with a Titan power now. It'd be more like oh, it's just Commander Erwin yeah. with a Titan power, mm-hmm. and it'd be interesting to see in a what if scenario of how he would use it. Right. But I I don't still foresee him being all that effective on the front lines. I mean, okay, so he probably would be, obviously. But if it took a colossal titan to put you out on the front lines with your people, then it's like, so you were really just waiting for a power boon to where other people like Armin, mm-hmm. who were scared to death, that were already on the front lines fighting for their lives, right. and now has the colossal titan. To me, in the long run, it was more fitting for Armin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely from a narrative standpoint, it's, <laughs> to me, it might sound completely weird, but it's like the equivalent of letting Dumbledore die in the sixth Harry Potter movie. You know, yes. you have like you have like the yes. absolute person, you, the person you can count on. You get rid of him in the story, and that's what stimulates the story very much. It's an yes. it's a nice it's a nice. You're removing, you're removing a safe haven, mm-hmm. of something that people can rely on, like that anchor point. Right. And once that's gone, it's like, oh, now what? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh hard for me, but um, I think I think I'm gonna disagree with you. Like uh, when it comes to character growth and all this stuff, however, I would have to disagree. There's like this, um, 
Would you would you consider Irvin as a selfless man? Yes and no. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll explain in the nuance of he has the intentions of truly wanting to help people, mm -hmm. but again, in the terms, the you know, good intentions are they pave the road to hell, mm -hmm. which started with his father. And he had the best intentions of wanting to help people, and you find how many people died for him. And mm -hmm. instead of him, again, being, I, I'm super hard on him in the sense of he's not on the front lines with his guys. And as part of the scout regiment, any scout is capable of leading from the front, as we've seen. There's too many examples there that don't excuse him. If it was one thing like other ones, like if Armin hung back and he was mm -hmm. commanding in that same position, or even if Levi did it, okay. But because they're so prominent and out there in the thick of the combat, I don't excuse him for that. And that's what bothers me about him. What would you say if I have like an argument where I would say, um, I'll put this right, maybe it's even harder to be responsible for the deaths of your comrades and you have to live with it? Yes, about, I can understand mm -hmm. that. That that part I, I totally get. You mm -hmm. know, he, he does, it's not to say he doesn't live with that on his conscience. Mm -hmm. It just, I don't feel for him as much if he makes those calls from behind because those bodies and souls that are on his hands, mm -hmm. he wasn't directly with. At least up until the charge to where they went to go take Zeke on. And that, mm -hmm. that I could feel for him. But you just find him calling shots more so not necessarily in the thick of things. And maybe if they wrote to where it showed previous encounters to where he was dealing with that, mm -hmm. I'd understand. But they really make it a point to where they don't. Mm-hmm. I see, I see. Oh, we got a tough one here with Irvin, man. I'm, I'm, I'm refusing to get him into B tier. You refuse to get him into A tier. It's a, uh, uh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Where, where should I put him, Rich? <laughs> I mean, you have my vote. If he goes B tier, I will acquiesce to the sense of he has A tier potential and rides mm -hmm. that line. But I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm harsh on him because as, as someone who's been in the military and knows. Mm -hmm leadership in the way it should you know idealistically function i mean he did that to the nines but again his presence wasn't there like the others mm -hmm. well i would put him in b tier but it hurts me a little bit to see him below armin i would almost say they are on on the same level but if there if there was a if there was a thing as a minus or b plus i would put him in there definitely yeah um yeah, speaking of the reason Arwen died, uh, Zeke or Zeke in in Japanese, what a what a what a complex character, man. I don't even I don't even know what to do. I might be a little bit handicapped because I don't know how the story ends, and I think we get a little bit more insight into Zeke and, and his whole agenda. Uh, from what I've seen and what I've seen his uh, his story as a kid, you know, being manipulated, uh, propaganda, and all this stuff. Such a such a fucking brilliant way of the series to make us care about a person we we should probably hate, you know. Right. Excellent character writing. Yeah, it's uh Yeah, what what is your what is your take on him? I, I agree with all his points. And him in the sense of he's not a scout. I don't grade him by the same criteria as the scouts. Mm -hmm. So he definitely has a lot of influence on the story. 
he definitely impacts a lot of the characters, and right. he's responsible for wiping out that regiment that Irwin led to take him on, and also responsible for orchestrating things behind the background for the invasion of uh, Paradise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really... Like, what, what, is your, what is your take on the whole philosophy of him? Because, uh, yeah, of course, there's like this background of of his parents putting pressure on him. He's he's being indoctrinated by by this... Uh, let me call it racism. It's, it's actually nice. Uh, it's a nice way to put it because there are like so many references to, to Second World War, to ghetto and all this stuff. It's, it's pretty much on the nose. What's like your take on his whole philosophy? There, there's this stuff, you know... Euthanization is, is of course, a, a key word. He says stuff like, if only because I wasn't born in this world, and stuff like that. It's also like his his master plan, question mark. I don't, I don't know, maybe there's a bigger master plan behind it. I am not uh, up there yet. But what is your take on, on this whole philosophy he and I think uh, Eren also share with each other? I He's... I understand where he comes from with it. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with it as a person, but I understand why he feels the way he feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really... There's always a point where you say, okay, I have like mercy with this character. I feel sympathy for him, but uh, sometimes there's a point where, where something breaks and say, like, okay, uh, that's a place where I cannot follow you anymore. And uh, it happened with with, with Ajik when... Yeah, it's. I would also say he's like to a point selfless, because I think this this guy, this Xavar guy, uh, the guy where he got his glasses from, told him that yeah, you you just gonna be the the beginning of it. You're not gonna see your own results of of what you're gonna do. So it's really like this this very idealistic worldview. It's like this idealistic dreamer person. Um, but yeah, for some reason, I keep being reminded of certain events in Second World War. It's uh, can't help it. Yeah, really tough one. Really tough one with uh, with the cheek. Oh, say which which tier are we talking about here? He he fits easily in a C or B tier, just on who he is as a character. I would definitely say more in the C. Hmm. But if you put him in B, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight that one. Mm-hmm. I'm not terribly hard on Zeke because yeah, he's he helps drive the plot along. He has influence. I mean, he's Aaron's half brother. All those things you listed. So uh, that's just my suggestion. Mm-hmm. This was one uh, you more by all means take the lead on and see where you think he belongs. Yeah, it's pretty tough because, like, uh, like I said, character development is a huge thing that is important to me. Also, like relevance on the plot. Uh, yeah, especially in season three with the whole uh, with the whole arc there, it was pretty essential for the plot. Um, the thing is, just the downside is that he doesn't really have any character development at all since he since he became the beast. It's just like he's he's very stubborn, believes in what he believes. He's a uh, lone wolf, if you can call it. Actually betrays yeah. his friends and all that. He betrays Marley uh, <laughs> to a point where does this scene where like he's sitting in this in this airship and I was like, hey, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> yeah. who's, who's on which team right now? It's, oh my god. Um, 
I would like I would like him to be on the same level as Irvin. Okay. Definitely, they're, they're very similar characters. Very, not much development going on. They believe in what they believe, and this is something I admire. But yeah, there's no there's not much room for improvement as uh, as we stand now. So yeah, I'll put him in I'll put him in B tier next to Irwin. And yeah, yeah. Um, a character I hope to see again. Uh, I hope you won't spoil me on that, but uh, it's Ani, the aka the, aka the female Titan. Uh, not not one of the best characters. I think we can agree on that. Uh, difficult one. A very passive character again. Uh, almost like almost like a Berthold character. Doesn't have any relationship with anyone on the whole Attack on Titan world. It's, it's, it makes it so hard for her uh, to, to rank her, right? No, everything you listed sounds like the sounds like a D tier to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, speaking of capability and maybe like uh, you, you said, combat stuff is so something that's important to you. So at least yes. we have something that makes her a little bit better than Berthold. So yes, she has enough to make her better than Berthold, but not much. She mm-hmm. she too is you've seen she this is a shitbag. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's not not much to say about her. It's uh, yeah. As far as I can imagine, it might be a might be a plot device, might be an important plot device later. But yeah, uh, speaking of all things I know now, pretty exchangeable character. She's the generic um, yeah, uh, girl who is a little bit hard to to get through. Yeah, a character I've seen multiple times in many animes. It's a very generic. Uh, go-to character type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely D tier. Uh, when it comes to the other blonde girl, when it comes to Historia, what would you say about her? Or, in that case, um, what is her name before it is revealed? Oh, Crystal Lens. And Crystal Lens, right. She's not that much higher either. And it's not because she's a terrible person. I think, I think she's nice. Uh, she, aside from her early, you know, sojourn with the the scouts in mm-hmm. the field and her friendship with Emer, there's not much else going for her. Like, okay, we get it. She's royalty, and she has impact in the sense of she helps drive things forward for the society at large mm-hmm. and help clear up the, the fucked up history they had. Beyond that, she doesn't really do much outside of that now. She's kind of been sidelined. Yeah, also a little bit, almost a little bit too nice of a character if you think about it. I would, I would love to see her break in, in some way, you know, to, to see, to see some cracks, to see some, uh, to see her become a little bit, you know, bad, because there, there there's yeah. been so much shit going on in her past, and she's like not really affected by that, which is uh, a little bit unhuman. Yes. Yeah. I. I don't see much else going for her other than, you know, what she drove the story to, mm-hmm. and now isn't really in the action at all. I see your D tier, to be honest. Yeah, I, would, I would go with D tier. Uh, yeah, of course. I, uh, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, it's really tough to put somewhere else. I got, I gotta say, the, the more I think about it, we, we're going to talk about Mikasa in a, in a second. The female characters are pretty weak. 
from a writing standpoint also from a yeah especially from a writing standpoint in this in this series it's a very male driven world uh, male characters are dominating this whole thing uh, it's like actually there's a fucking article in the internet that says uh, why attack on titan is the old rights favorite <laughs> anime that's like yeah <laughs> bullshit but uh, I, I can see where they're coming from yeah interesting to see that like uh, like all those female characters are pretty uh, pretty weak uh, when it comes to Mikasa I would almost put her in E tier because this is like a very very dependent and boring yeah. character I mean yeah of course combat and all that it's uh, that's what it saves her from that but um she has become like Aaron's bodyguard. She she lives for another person. That's that's her character. Very passive role. There's like no yeah. character development at all. What's what's your take on that? I, I agree with those. I can't argue that. I wouldn't dump her in E tier just mm-hmm. for that. Uh, in terms of her following Aaron to the ends of the earth and the like for what she does, I she has incredible battle prowess. I think she's probably got the top amount of kills next to Levi, if I'm correct. So she certainly impacts a lot in the sense of she's been there for, like, all the critical battles. Personality obviously leaves much to be desired, but, you know, underneath just being vapid and stoic and just quiet the whole time, like, she, it's been shown she does indeed care. And that's some Mm -hmm. redeeming quality. It's not much. Uh, If... I would say with impact-wise, she's impacted the story greatly, too. So between the mix of those, sure. I'd say that carries her in, like, a B, almost A tier, just because who she is alone for that. The personality leaves a lot to be desired. That's why I can't S-tier her. And again, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, why would you put Mikasa in S-tier? <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's okay. Yeah, that's a little bit the question when I'm... When I'm thinking about how impactful she was on, on, on the whole series, yeah, there were like many important kills she did and and all that. But to me, because of her weak character, she always comes across as a plot device and nothing more. If she would have died at some point in the story, no one would have missed her. That's it's yeah. a it's a it's a hot take, uh, uh, I guess. But um, yeah. I can't help but, uh, yeah. There, there, we ha- I've seen four seasons now of, of her, and she's been the same person since then. There's no development at all. Yeah, that's yeah. It's, it's it's really sometimes it's the same when I when I say yeah. What if Irvin was still alive? And and I'm, sometimes I'm thinking yeah. What if <laughs> what if what if Mikasa would have a little bit of character? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> She, she she would have made a great uh, lead uh, from from someone I would say who is one of the three so-called protagonists. I mean, yeah, pretty. It was just just like a yeah. just like a pet to Aaron. Yeah, and he he makes that clear in the recent season. Oh yeah, too. he does. Like, I I badly want to argue with the latter half of what the season will be with the manga, but we're not there yet, so mm-hmm. I, I can't do that. And I'm not going to spoil alert someone beyond that. We, we have to stay within the Appreciate parameters that. of our discussion where season four, episode 16 is a cutoff point. So yes. I can't make the argument I want past mm-hmm. that. I appreciate uh, your dis- discretion. It's, uh, it's, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I have to, be, I have to mm-hmm. be fair in my assessment as, okay, as of season four, episode 16... 
I have to criteria her on base where she's at right there. Mm-hmm. Okay, to uh, note it, and uh, yeah, it would be interesting to see if you know winter twenty two. Um, it's gonna be interesting and see if, if if I'm gonna change my mind. Uh, yeah, as for now, um. C or D tier? What is what is your take? Uh, I'm not gonna put it any higher. Okay, but if you won't put her any higher, it's in C tier for sure. All right. She's not. She's certainly not a trash character. She's not super interesting, but God, she's D and E is reserved for yeah for the, the terrible characters. <laughs> so 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 to um, there are not many female characters that are relevant, but uh, yeah, Hanji is definitely up there. Um, yeah, yeah. I would say almost don't be disrespectful. Almost the the comedy relief. She's a she's a character that makes the whole show a little bit lighter. She, you know, every, everybody's being so fucking serious there, and and Hanji does a uh, you know gives us like the other side of the coin. Uh, very eccentric. It really it really displays this anime humor we we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, what about her? What about her tier level? I'm, I'm thinking about it. I, I'd say C or B. Definitely more towards B because she is one who is readily analyzing the Titans, and instead of everyone panicking and trying to just purge them all together, mm-hmm. she's the person risking her life, and not only with that, but with gusto and eagerness to better understand them, showing yeah. a different side of the Scouts as a whole. That hey, we're not out here just to to lay bodies with the Titans. We want to understand them better, and she right. leads that department. And she's got the curiosity to understand how they work. Mm-hmm. She's quirky, eccentric in all the good ways, and she's almost got like that psychotic side to her. To where when it comes yeah. to like torture, to where they had the prisoners, she was all about it. Went okay, we're gonna have some fun today, and I found that strangely <laughs> charming. I, I know I, I may be alone in that, but I, I found that strangely charming. Like ah, I like you. You're it's, all right with me. It's character, you know. It's character. That's exactly. what. That's what many, especially female characters, lack of there. Yes, and she she pretty much has it in spades, and she has the combat effectiveness with the team as well. She's mm-hmm. out there holding her own with the best of them. So to me, that's 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 B tier quality. Yeah, yeah. If if you would have asked me before the stream if I would put her in the same line as Irvin Smith and and Jeek, I'd probably say no, but yeah, given all those arguments and, and given where we stand right now, I, I would agree. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely a B tier character, definitely above Mikasa just for having character. Yes. Uh, yeah, definitely. I would say the probably the strongest female character. Who else do we got? Uh, we got we got Peak, who is like basically nothing for me. Yeah, same. Except except being like on every top tier waifu list on on number one, which I don't really understand why. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, I, you know what I would just put her in D tier just because she offers something to the story. But yeah, it's did nothing beyond that. Hard for me because like yeah, if if you ask me like what what is like her character, she's like very very bland, and at least she has like some kind of action going on in the last episode of season four part one in a episode 16 uh, uh she's <laughs> she's uh, uh showing her poker face but yeah there's like no character to her again very no hmm. and this is not that impactful either like 
the the I give her D tier because she is a Titan. Hooray. Yeah. 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 Definitely the same. I'd say same stuff as uh, Annie. Same kind of same kind of uh, level. So it definitely makes a D level. Um, again, we proceed with the with the mostly female characters. Then not much because like from all the characters we've seen here, I think uh, yeah, the the most re- relevant ones are just like being found in the first line. We, we're getting to the meat. We're getting to the interesting ones. Um, yeah, f- f- from all the female characters we have left, we have uh, Gabi left there. I think. Uh, yeah. The the series kind of wanted me to care for her, but I hate her downright. I, <laughs> I hate don't her care. Too. I don't oh give a f- I don't give a fuck. Like like the series kicks off and shows <laughs> everything from her point of view. Get out of here, man. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm oh. with you on that. I, I don't care for her. I was wow, what a little bitch. Mm. Okay, being objective, is there any any kind of quality to her except being very stubborn, like a like a very stubborn teenage girl? The only thing I can think of, to, and this is just me being pragmatic, mm-hmm. is she has a story impact in the sense of yeah, you know, Sasha, she took yeah. away one of one of the the scouts. Yeah. Other than that, dude, you know what? To the E tier she goes, in my opinion, she belongs in the streets. <laughs> like, oh, that, I, I think people gonna watch the scene and say, "Okay, you guys have some issues there, don't you?" <laughs> Yeah, I, but, I can't stand Gabby. Just yeah, get 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 us going, E T man. It's uh, it's no, there's no chance that she's gonna end up anywhere else. And I think the last, I'd say, relevant of the of the girls because there's like I can actually see, I can actually see the. Uh, I don't even know who the girl is who had the Warhammer Titan. I don't. I have no idea who she is. I'm gonna I'm gonna skip that one. Uh, Emir is the last one, where I would say yeah. I have some kind of connection to her. I have some kind of memory to her. Uh, what would you say? You know, I would argue to a C tier at best <clears throat> because her personality, her personality isn't. Maybe it's just because she hasn't had time on. But like, who's she really impact in the story? Like, she's been gone for ages. Since season two, yeah, I mean, like, okay, she she was Historia's BFF. Yeah, we got that, and she's a Titan, and you see the backstory of how she became the Titan and the like. But outside of that, what is there to her? Now we get like you know she's she's also kind of callous, but she does care for Historia. So, and she, you know, she's got some effectiveness as a Titan. You don't really see her laying bodies out as a scout. Uh, okay. Overall, I'd say she's probably very well rounded as the as one of the females. Probably the best well rounded. It's just not overwhelmingly so. So I would probably put her in a C tier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, since she has like this this impact on on Historia, being like this uh, older sister type mother type to her like this the way you said it bff kind of stuff uh yeah yeah ish kind of uh, i would agree with that c tier yeah that, that makes pretty much for the for the female characters we're now getting to the meat of the of the story the most uh the most interesting ones all right I how wanna... many characters do you got left to rank 
Not much, not much. Maybe five, six relevant ones. Okay. Uh, of, of course, we're gonna skip all the. Th- there's so many characters I don't even know the name of. We're gonna skip them. Yeah, but we, we don't need the, them. We, we, we just get, need the main ones. <laughs> absolutely, we get the, we get the main main characters going on here, and yeah, on the on the upper left corner we see, uh, Gallardo. I say in in Japan, <laughs> um, he currently possesses the, the the Jaw Titan. Oh, uh, okay. What do you what do you think of him? I uh, fall, yeah, fall, fall, going for him. Yeah. It's uh, you know what? I'll let you take that one. I really I don't know what to to put him in. He's he... definitely not a top tier. He's maybe mid lower lower. It's it's the same like peak. He's yeah. ju- he's just like having this role in this story, but there's not much character to him. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's something else. I'd, I'd love to see more of him. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know how the story progresses, but after being so, I'd say, humiliated by Eden, uh, I, I would expect some kind of reaction from him. Uh, let's see if there there comes something to him. Uh, speaking of the state we are in now, yeah, definitely D tier level. Uh and we have two major characters left, and uh, yeah, let's start off with with Chad Aaron. Ah, <laughs> uh, Aaron. Where, where do we so, start? Where do we even start, man? Aaron, he he's got as a titan, he's got combat effectiveness. I don't cut much in the way of an excuse for uh, titan power because obviously, you know, you're mm. you're going to overall do better as a titan. In terms of his actual kill count, with titans not much but it doesn't take away that he's a he's not effective especially when he was ready to go toe-to-toe with the colossal in the beginning mm-hmm. so he definitely has the aggressiveness to get out there and do it uh obviously he's very impactful in the story and he impacts a ton of the characters to the sense where if he was gone you know it would change everything yeah uh in terms of his personality he went from being a righteous, driven, fiery little dickhead to being almost like a morose dickhead. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't feel all that much for him. So, I would definitely put him around like uh, the B or A tier, just for those things alone. Okay. Have you have you seen Tokyo Ghoul by any chance? Yes. This is he reminds me so much of the character of Ken. Oh god, yeah. He, so he's like the less depressed version of Kaneki. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, for me, Tokyo Ghoul ends after season one. I don't, I don't go with the crap that goes afterwards. Um, <laughs> I understand. Yeah, it's 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 such a nice ending to season one. So so it's so personal to me myself, and yeah, it's it's so interesting. Also, Ken connecting to his childhood self. It's very comparable to to him in terms of drastic characters character change and character development i mean i i was watching season four which if you would have to ask me it's probably the best season so far it's even even trump's season three and i and i keep seeing the the, the character of Eren and i i watched i watched this character and it's like wow this was a this was a young boy we've seen him as a, this young dumb boy and, and look what he has become now it's really like wow, drastic character change, like one hundred eighty yeah. turnaround. It's he he starts off so 
generic, so boring. He's the he starts off as this ultimate anime shonen protagonist, you know, motivated by revenge and hatred, like like anybody else, you know. It's like good guy yeah. versus bad guy. I want to kill all titans one day. And uh, during season four, I keep being reminded of uh, we came a long way. <laughs> so, there's actually a, a review on YouTube who put it very nicely. And I want to know what's your take on it. He said, Eden Yeager is a shonen character in a Sinan series. Yeah. That's it, isn't yeah, it? That, yeah, that actually makes sense. That, yeah. that does. Because he follow, initially he follows like the shonen trope of super motivated, right. going to take on the world. And it, he's like, we could do this with the, the power of friendship and our strength. Like he, he does those things early on. Mm-hmm. It's just the series is like, oh, you thought? <laughs> and it, it humbles him. <laughs> the question is, uh, the question I'm asking myself is if uh, he's always been like this. Could, could we agree that in season four, he's become a fucking uh, sociopath, so to speak, didn't yes. he? Yeah. The question yes, is... I think- the question is, has he always been this way? And I would say no. But then this scene comes to my mind where he killed those men who killed Mikasa's parents, you know. And he was like, what, 10 years old when it happens? Uh, yes. And I don't know if you remember it, the way he rationalizes and distances himself from from what he did by simply saying, yeah, they were beasts. That's not normal behavior for a child. Normal, no, but... You know, I also make a lot of leeway for those defending their loved ones and family, too. Mm. Because in a situation like that, like, as a kid, I I wouldn't say I, I would go to that length, uh, you know. But, I mean, I've gotten in fights over people before, and I've had those thoughts like, you're not a person to me if you're, you're threatening my loved ones. And ma- mm-hmm. maybe that's just me, but I wouldn't say that was the tell of his sociopathy. I would say once uh, his mom got killed, that's when it got psychotic. Right. Right. It's like the switch that was those turn off then. Uh yeah. 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 It's Yeah, it's like d- d- do you remember this iconic scene in season four where where Eden and Reiner have this this civilized talk, so to speak, in the dungeons, right? Yes. And and Eden says, I am like you. And it's really interesting because I have the feeling that Eden actually is the same. You know when uh, in, in season one, back in the beginning, when Reina said, in order to achieve our goals, we have no choice but to push forward and fight for it with all we got. And it's so interesting that Alan actually took this uh, took this piece of advice from, from his nemesis, so to speak. It's so, yeah. so beautiful, man. Wow. Yeah, so, but, but, but it looks like he kind of lost himself on the journey. Uh there's also this iconic scene at the shore, uh, which marks the end of season three at the beach, and Eden yeah. is like the only one who cannot even laugh anymore. It's really, yeah, kind of heartbreaking. You can definitely tell just the the time and the, the battle started to definitely wear on him. Mm-hmm. I think there's a revelation how and what the Titans are and everything about his father, his his whole life has been a lie. It's it's been uh, the case for many characters there. Uh, it's led me, I think, to a breaking point. It, it has such, it has left such mental damage on him that, yeah, there's like uh, not much to to save there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's one 
little problem I have with Eden, and it's um, hmm, it's a lack of conflict, I would say. As weird as it sounds, he he shares this like uh, you know, in Attack on Titan, we can see two different Edens, you know, but we don't see anything between how how Eden changes. I, I would I would have loved to see it, you know, the, the scene at the beach. Well, this is like the such an emotional moment and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, it's hard, you know. I, I would have loved to see what, what actually changed him. Of course, it could be revealed in later episodes, but hmm. Difficult one. I, I think it will, but I, I man, I can't ah, I can't go beyond episode sixteen. Yeah, okay. Um B or A tier. I'll go with one of those, and yeah, for, when it comes to all the things like like impact on the story, character development, all of that. Yeah, he he led a lot of the changes for mm-hmm. stuff like definitely heavy, um, and with all the other traits in tow, like his personality needs more leaves more to be desired in a sense, mm-hmm. but. In terms, you know, he's definitely capable in combat, not the most, but mm-hmm. capable enough. And, you know, being a titan is another facet. And then, you know, just his sheer story impact is... I guess I have to give him A, just because of how much weight he carries as the main. Yeah, actually, actually debating with myself now if it's A or even S. Because if he would have been gone, the story would completely collapse. Yes. He's like the perfect... I wouldn't give pro- him S just because he's not... He's not well-rounded to the, the level that Levi is, but he's still quintessential to the story enough and based around him and all the things that happened to him, yeah. he drives the story on and has so much impact at pivotal situations. Even if he's not fighting in them, yeah. just the sheer things he went with, like certain plans and the like, I, I would say that puts him at an A tier for the weight alone he carries with mm-hmm. that. Definitely, yeah. I- I'd love to see him in S, but... Yeah, I think we have to wait for for the uh, for the final season for me to catch up, and uh, maybe we're gonna we're gonna meet again then and yeah, talk about this. I would say I I kept this character as as the last one we're gonna talk about. The the rest of them are pretty uh, exchangeable, but the last character I would say who is who's up there with the best is the character of uh, Reiner. This is. Uh, I, I wouldn't say he's an A tier. I'd say he's more like B, because of how present recurring he is. But he has growth. Mm-hmm. He's constantly in fights. I I don't know what he does as a scout, but I mean he's been the armor titan and he's pretty good at what he does. Which fun little trivia fact: the armor titan was based off wrestler uh, Brock Lesnar. Right. Why did you say it? <laughs> The author has confirmed that it, he based that Titan around Brock Lesnar, which I thought was pretty cool. God damn, man! It's and now that you say it, man, I I, I don't think I'm gonna I'm gonna see Tech on Titan the same way I did before. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see it totally. It's how do you say he's a B tier character? I wouldn't put him in A, but mm. he's in B. Would you, pretty would... impactful to the events that happen. Uh, he over he is a I think he's a pretty decently written character. Mm-hmm. He uh, he's just on the other side of the coin, and it's shown mm-hmm. more through him in later seasons, as you know, he was a resident of Marley. Mm-hmm. 
I would say like when it comes to journey and and that stuff like that, this is a complete circle. Uh, from from the journey his character goes through, as for me, it is S tier. He starts off as nothing but uh, like a good friend, then he gets becoming an antagonist, and now we don't even know what he is. We don't even know what side he's on. Uh, back to being like maybe the hero of the story. We don't know. Uh, yeah. From from zero to one hundred in a second, Rhino becomes a bad guy. Like a midpoint of season two, and it's like a fantastic plot twist there. Oh my god, it's, it's really hard for me because to to to. It's his split personality is so interesting. I don't know if you you remember the flashbacks where it's shown how Rhino was shaped by his parents. The people behind the walls are evil, you know, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, indoctrination is a very fitting word. It's uh, interesting to see what happens when you have been raised on, on propaganda alone. It's so similar to to Jeek. Yeah. Ah, for me, though, it was... Uh, I would even go as far as putting him in S tier. I don't know. Uh, a tough one. That's on my end. Like, this is my, my stance. Is like, it's a little bit high for him because he... Yeah, he he's all those things you said. And I do agree with mm-hmm. that. I just S tier is very vaunted in the sense of he carries weight, but not that much. And because he, you know, you realize he was with Marley the whole time, but even he don't know where he's at, and he's kind of shook out of things. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, he he's on the upper tiers, but to to be an S, I, I can't say he'd be a full blown S. I'd say there's one thing that uh, makes me agree with you when I think about it. And, you know, from all the characters we have there, there's a reason why Levi is on top, because he is the only one that absolutely remained his sanity. Who's absolutely yes. been like, uh, yeah, who always plays a cool head. And I I keep being reminded of this beautiful scene in season two where Rainer makes, a, <laughs> makes this impression that he has like serious PTSD. Like with all this uh, split personality and stuff, who uh, comes across as someone who, who got broken by everything he did, and yeah. yeah, makes him of course like kind of an antagonist. But this is what um, if if he would, if he would have been a character who could perfectly play the role of you know basically Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, what he did there in this in those camps where he was pretending to be an orphan of paradise they have probably put him in s tier that would make him the perfect character now i can see the cracks the more we talk about it uh i would still like to put him in s tier but i would agree with a definitely yeah yeah if it makes it makes sense so i would say we're finished that's it when it comes to the main characters we'd need like 10 more hours to talk about everyone else <laughs> there's like so many characters anyway it's time to talk about everything here. Wow. Yeah. Oh, do we rank my girl Sasha? Where is she, man? Do do, do you see her somewhere? You gotta you gotta help me. Oh, I don't know. If they don't have oh her, I'm gonna be disrespectful. Help me find her, man. I was I was thinking. Do you see where my mouse is right now? Uh, looks like Sasha. I don't know if if it's her. Uh, she says she's the one with the ponytail and like the super uh, vibrant face. Uh I guess like finding um 
So anyways, man, let, let, let's pretend where my mouse is right now that this is Sasha. Let's just pretend it. Where, I think she might be down more. Where do we rank her? Sasha, okay. I, I know, Bear I know, she, I know she's your, I know she's your favorite. Don't be, don't be too biased now. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I'm not gonna throw her in S tier, but she definitely deserves an A in my opinion because of the sheer amount of growth, her ability in combat, uh, the backstory just which she comes and how she affects the team overall. Mm -hmm. Like she doesn't give in to the pressures and the rigors of all that happens. And like Armin and Levi, she maintains her sanity and is like a, a welcome anchor point for the crew. And when the events that happened to her happened, man, people felt it. Like there was a lot yeah. of impact. Yeah. With all those things together, she's probably the best well-rounded female of the team. I would I would put her on the same level as uh as Hanji. Like she's not like there, there. There's lacking something. I would say, yeah, uh, she's a level above her. I don't. I don't see. I, I can see why you you like her, like her character. She's like this really down to earth girl. She she feels like a real character, like a real girl, you know, with all her with all her weaknesses and all her weird behavior and stuff like that. But yeah, when it comes to impact of the whole story, there's not really much. Of course, her death hurts, but, um, yeah. Well, you see how it impacts with the family, too. Especially when Gabby right. and Falco end up staying with them, and then they realize, oh, this is one of the more, well, I wouldn't say, like, royal prominent families, but more prominent families that lives on the outskirts and made a mm -hmm. living out of living the farm life, where things were especially dangerous outside of the walls. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I know she's your I know she's your top tier waifu, Rich. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna respect that. <laughs> um Okay, come on, you you take a shot. It's B or A. You 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 have a you can decide, man. Oh you know I'm gonna throw her an A tier. <laughs> come on, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it for I hope this is Sasha by 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 all means, man. So it would be really it would be really awkward to to find out someone comments like that. There was someone else, I guess. Sorry about that. But yeah. Where is she? God damn it! I I have a I have a theory that um. Let's take a look. See. No idea, man. No idea. I don't know. I don't. If they. Oh my god! I don't if, think they put her in this. If if you can see her there, anyways, it's uh. Hmm. It could be her. Not sure. I don't see her. Hmm. Well, okay. What, what kind of tier list ranking do they make with this? <laughs> oh, you, oh, you have, you have offended the Metal Shogun guys. This is, uh, oh, here, here, here's the. Wait, wait. Um, hey, let's check it. If you can see it on the screen. No, I put it down a little bit. All right. Here, that's the that's the guy who did the tier list. At uh, Amy Rain, uh, can I hit him up on Instagram and give him like a like a little hate yeah. message? Give him like yeah, a hit him. Hey man, I get a death threat there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Okay, I'd say I'd say that's it. Yeah, for today. Wow.
I've been online for a long while. Oof. That's the end result, man. What a journey. This is our this is our list. You all can take it or leave it. Either way, <laughs> we're not reneging. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. It's it's a it's a subjective one. It's uh we have our criteria, the, the way we did it and why we did it. Hmm. I would I would agree with most of it. Um I would love to revisit it as soon as I have catched up on the finale. We'll just say without yeah. without giving me any spoilers that I might change my mind on a few people there. I think you will. Mm-hmm. I think you definitely will. Ah, that doesn't make it easier, man. <laughs> I know. I know. Especially uh, having the knowledge of it, but going, I have to disregard it in in lieu of where we decided we were going to be at. Uh-huh. It's it's the question, man. I'm, I'm asking myself if it's, if it's like if it's harder for me, or if it's harder for you not to not to talk about it. It's ah, uh, man. I, I I don't know. I mean. I, it is hard, mm. but on the flip side, you know, I, I'm going to honor the, the limitation that we set of this is mm. the point in time we have to, and that, mm. that forces me to have to analyze based on the only only the information given up to that point. Mm-hmm. So if anything, it makes me have to be more creative and or I just have to concede to certain things and arguments because at that point, there's just that's all the data everybody has. Mm-hmm. I can't speak beyond that and, uh, you know... A, a lot of people lose the skill to, you know, rightfully and legitimately debate and or discuss things like that because they want to break rules of a discussion. And it's like definitely you set the baseline and, and the parameters of to what you can make arguments for or against in something, and you have to stick to it. And mm-hmm. even if it makes me have to change my opinions on something, I still have to abide to those. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate your... Uh... Your commitment to to authenticity and to to all yeah. of that it's 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 always nice to see it's so that's what makes me that's what makes me invite you over and over again to to this podcast man it's uh it's been it's been a pleasure man the, doing nerdy talks for two and a half hours it's <laughs> i gotta admit it's something i need from time to time <laughs> yeah um yeah, I'm kind of no disrespect to the main host, but I'm kind of glad Alex wasn't around because he would he would have been a little bit lost on this stream. I've been like, what are, what are you guys talking about, man? That's... <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll get him on a, a series he's proficient in, and/or we'll get him into something like Berserk. Yeah, probably. No, no, he's go, he's gonna watch Attack on Titan. I'm gonna make him. I'm gonna make him. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rich, uh, last time we talked uh, on a podcast. Like I said, which was a while ago, uh, asking if there's anything new we can look forward to when it comes to Metal Shogun, and uh, we're almost out of time. But you know, the last minutes always belong to you. And you were telling us about your first novel, and uh, I can remember you gave us those snippets. You know, 18-year-old guy uh, turned 18, sorry, with a huge wanderlust and living in this fantastic world. You described there and kind of finding himself. So how's it going with that man? Uh, you you were teasing that there's going to be a, a, a trilogy, if I if I can recall it. That is correct. Mm-hmm. We're currently eighty five percent through book two. Nice. And it the story just started. I kind of hit a drag with it for a time when I, I got it because sometimes you get that that man. Where do I want to take the story from here? 
and then it just it recently just hit me and it's just been it's almost like it's been writing itself like you get so into it that the story will write itself so it's been going very nicely it's gonna tie up and then it's going to take take them to where the third book's gonna start and the third book i'm ready to just drop in i i sometimes i know what i want to do for a part of a story in mm -hmm. time and i really want to get to it but i have to take my time in fleshing out everything to get to that point too because i don't want to just like one off a book and make it shitty and then just to get to that good one i want all of it to be good so it's once it gets to that third point it's going to it's going to create a, a bit of a significant event to where it'll start setting the stage for greater things ahead for the next series to come yeah i think when you when you talk about your last book i think in your mind you have like this uh sort of epic finale but for a reader like me uh This finale is something you you have to earn, you know, something that has yes, to make sense narratively. It, it is not. It's certainly, it's certainly nowhere near that. Like I, I want the story to just write itself, mm -hmm. and eventually where it ends, where it is, where it ends. But I don't foresee it hitting that point for at least at least till I get like seven or eight books in, and then I'll decide how close okay. I am to the ending. Would you say it's sometimes a pain in the ass? No, I wouldn't say it is because to me it's like I want to enjoy the journey with and I want mm -hmm. people to enjoy it with me. So only the times that I really want to get to a, a good idea into a story or like a book idea, I want to go, oh man, I really want to get to that point, but I have to be, mm -hmm. I have to be smart and I have to be, uh, I wouldn't say overtly patient, but I have to, I have to deliver on getting there too. I have to make mm -hmm. getting to that good part just as good i see i see yeah it's like uh that's a little bit the point uh, i think where you <laughs> would you say like patient person yes i'm mm. so i've always been patient as a person i've gotten if anything i've gotten a little less patient because i used to be overly patient and i'm patient to where i know to let certain things grow over time and let them do their thing mm -hmm. But I'm also not patient to the point where I just go, oh, good things comes to those who wait. I, I'm a right. dude that's like attack, 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 and make things happen. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that makes us makes us look forward to us. Uh, Rich, you, you sent me the link to to your book. I'm gonna put it in the description. That's uh, it's on Amazon, I believe. Uh, yeah. Send me, send me the link. I'm gonna put it in, guys. Uh, guys, come get it. And uh, if, if there's a chance, I pre-order the second book already. Uh, someone and someone who puts up so much work into it, I think I think it's gonna be worth it to read it. I could say it, but I'm not saying it. Uh, I think everybody should find it for himself. But uh, he definitely sold me on that one, man. Looking forward to maybe even do a review of that in the future. But if I yeah, learn, if I, if I, I, I if will, yeah, I don't know if I'll be on that one because I feel like it'd be unfair for me to review my own book. So by all means, you you wanted to do that. I just I, 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 I just have to like casually drop some critique, which isn't really critique to make you look like an objective person, you know, just yeah. so like the like <laughs> cowardly uh, doing it a little bit. But yeah, uh, but, but if I learned anything from this stream is that I'm not gonna review your book until your series is finished. So yeah. Don't, don't want to have anything like this again, where I'm, const I'm constantly being tempted of saying, "Man, Rich, give me give me the information what, ha what happens in the story." <laughs> I don't want to, man. <laughs> don't tempt me, man. Don't tempt me. Yeah, um, 
Rich, I hope I hope it talks soon. I know we are out of time, and and you gotta go, and I gotta go as well. Um, thank you so much for coming on to this show tonight, to this, to this solo show. We did a did a nice take here, I think. Oh yeah, my pleasure. Uh, I I love it every time I get to come on. And you're like you're, you're close to being like a main host already on on Red Smoke. You know that, right? <laughs> I try, I try. <laughs> No, definitely. You're, you're always welcome here. You're always uh, there's always a spot open for you to, to come on, and yeah. Hope that we can maybe winter twenty two. I'd love to do another stream where I'm catching up on Attack on Titan and see if my opinion changes until then. And yeah, until yes. then, uh, Rich, uh, officially, all the best for you for your books for your series with your Metal Shogun project. And all that. I'm gonna put all your links in the description. And yeah, you guys go follow him. Go get him to thousand, man. You're you're pretty close to thousand on on Twitter. So guys, uh, come on. What are you waiting for? <laughs> get my guy to yeah, a thousand yeah, followers. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Um. Yeah. It has been nice. I'm gonna, I'm gonna close the stream now. And uh, yeah. See you guys all next week, where Alex is going to be back. And we're gonna be back at uh, roasting shit. We we had we had enough of good movies today, so yeah. Next week's gonna be some roasting material again. You can look forward to it. So then, yes. thank you for thank you for tuning in, everybody. Thank you, Rich, again, and uh, yeah. See you next week, guys. Bye bye.